It is 8.01 a.m. on Monday, October 2nd, 20 and 23, and OU still sucks. Yeah, man. Up, everybody, welcome in to another live edition of Bucky and BK on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. It is Monday, it is October 2nd, and of course, it is officially OU Hate Week, the Red River shootout. Yeah, we're allowed to call it shootout here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Gets reignited this Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. Maybe the biggest Red River shootout since 2008. An undefeated Texas and undefeated Oklahoma. Just five days away, and we cannot wait. We'll be previewing the game all week long. Of course, we'll spend plenty of time today recapping Texas's big win over Kansas. We'll talk about the Cowboys. We'll talk about the Texans. We'll talk all about the college and NFL weekends that were, and we are locked and loaded until 10 o'clock right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Good morning, Buck. Good morning to you, BK. Did you have a nice weekend? I know you're busy. Nice weekend. Had a wedding this weekend. So, you know, the fall football weekend wedding, not always the most ideal situation, but no, had a great time. Was able to find enough time to watch enough football over the past couple of days. And thankfully the wedding was this past weekend and not this upcoming weekend. Yeah, for sure. Did you, were you the mayhem, mayhem guy? Did you create any mayhem? Did you drop anything? Did you disrupt the ceremony by any chance? No, there was a mayhem guy, though. It was okay. not me. Of course, there, there always is a mayhem guy at a wedding. Dude, <laughs> one of my buddies from college, he, you know, the, uh, you know, in front of the car dealerships, the used car dealerships in particular, they've got that inflatable, wacky, oh, yeah. oh, orange come guy. On. I hate I mean, that thing. This guy dances like one of those guys. Come on. And he's out there on the dance floor, just flailing his arms all over the place. And he hits one of my buddy's wives, one of my other buddy's wives. She's got a glass of red wine in her hand. And he, boom, the wine straight up in the air. I see the whole thing in slow motion, like on one of the cartoons. And the wine just lands all over this poor dude's shirt. I mean, just destroyed. And there was glass all over the dance floor. And everyone had to pause for a few minutes to get the glass cleaned up. And the guy had to go change shirts and... Uh, thankfully I was not the guy who did that. Thankfully I was not the guy who lost the shirt because of that. So we did have some mayhem, but, uh, I was not the guy who caused it this time. If that's the guy who creates mayhem. He's the guy who takes the shirt off and just goes bare chested the rest of the time dancing. That's what I needed. I needed a video of that dude. not getting a new shirt, but just staying shirtless the remainder of the time on the dance floor. Mm. That should have happened. Make yeah, sure that it, happens next time that wino gets out there and starts dancing. I hate those things that are flailing away like that. Those yeah. things irritate me for some odd reason because I can't move like that because my body doesn't work the way that thing works. No, because you're, you're not inflatable, so it shouldn't work like that. So was he juiced up and he was doing – was his body working that way, though? The whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you know, you, you'd think the guy who did it, the guy who was responsible for the spilled <laughs> wine and all of the broken glass would – you know, maybe use that as a moment to reflect a little bit. Yeah, you know? sure. That's it. That's it for the night. Yeah, maybe I need to slow down a little bit. Maybe I need to pace myself. Maybe I need to, you know, go sit to the side for a couple of minutes <laughs> while I uh, gather myself. No, 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 no. He just like ran to the other side of the dance floor thinking that nobody saw him when everybody clearly saw it was him. 
and he just kept going full on wacky inflatable tube man again for the next oh, like three hours. My goodness. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated and we appreciate it each and every day starting out this October. Absolutely. And as our man CB says, the first time since 2008 that both Texas and Oklahoma are entering the Cotton Bowl 5-0. and So we'll be previewing that matchup, of course, throughout the course of the week. We'll talk to a number of different Oklahoma insiders to get the Sooners' perspective on this massive matchup. And we will be in Dallas this weekend. We will be doing our pregame show Saturday morning live from the Old Mill Inn on the fairgrounds right by Big Tex. We are super excited about that. More information to come. But, yeah, if you are making your way up to the Metroplex for this weekend, you can find us. We're also going to be doing a live broadcast Friday afternoon as well. Still finalizing the exact details, so I won't make the – official announcement of where we're going to be today hopefully we'll be able to do that tomorrow but we do know for sure saturday morning the official texas sports unfiltered pregame show will be live from the old mill inn onto the fairgrounds of texas ou and i don't know if you've taken a look at the weather buck of course i've taken a look i am the weather what do you mean if i've taken a look at the weather oh you could predict (laughs) dallas weather too I'm a weather. I'm a weather person. I'm a meteorologist. I predict weather all over America, all over the world, if need be. Yes, it'll be a little cooler up that way. What's it going to be? In the seventies. What do you have I'm, your phone open next to you? I'm what just you sitting doing? here. Hey, hands up! In the seventies. Anytime you go up to Dallas at, at this time of the year, if you go from Austin to Dallas, bring a hoodie just in case because you can get up there and those evenings can get kind of cool on you. You know, some, sometimes at that at the fairgrounds, BK, you know this, you can feel like it's 100 degrees, but sometimes it gets a little cool at night up there. I, I, always, bring, I always bring a jacket or a hoodie with me when I go to Dallas for this particular game. Okay. But we're going to have some nice weather. It should be football weather. Yeah, I feel like more often than not, if you're bringing a jacket or a hoodie to the Cotton Bowl, you're making a mistake because it's just going to be tied around your waist the whole time because I feel like it's usually 90 degrees out there but no i'm looking at it right now the high on saturday in dallas is 71 degrees dude and then the low is 57 so yeah it might actually be jacket on weather yes you know sometimes it's dangerous to go jacket off in public but you can go jacket on on saturday (laughs) yes what a great what a great what a great um saturday it'll be for football and and especially with this rivalry this will this one will be an awful lot of fun, and we're going to have a fun week as we prepare to get ready to go up there and as we prepare all you folks uh, for that football game, whether you're here in Austin or in the surrounding areas or you're up there at the fairgrounds for that great that great game, we're going to get you ready for it because when we have a pregame show, we have a two-hour pregame show. We don't do a half hour. We don't – maybe we're going to do a pregame show this week. We have a pregame show. We always do. We did last week, and – by the way, from last week, thank you so very much to a, a, a Texas legend. Derek Johnson was absolutely fabulous at our meet and greet on Friday at Covert BK. What a what a incredible young man. And all I can hear is people talking about the niceties of that young guy and how he was and how he handled himself and, and how he was a pleasure just to be around. You could feel his enthusiasm and you can p- feel his positivity when you're around that cat. Yeah. 
Great dude. Absolutely. Fun times had by all at Covert BK last Friday. And then Derek Johnson hopped on Trey and BK for the last 20, 25 minutes of our show. And Trey had a great interview with Derek Johnson. I'll post that separately today. So if you just want to catch that interview, you can find it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. All right, Buck, let's uh, start with the game that happened a couple of days ago. Texas runs away from Kansas in the second half. Another strong second-half performance from this Texas Longhorn team. This was a 13-7 game at recess, even though it felt like Texas was dominating, right? If you looked at yeah. all of the stats, you know Texas should have been blowing out Kansas in the first half, but uh, some red zone struggles, the, uh, the late Quinn Ewers interception, and just a few missed opportunities, and obviously had a, uh, Kansas had a big touchdown of their own, and this was a one-possession game going into the locker room. And then, you know, Texas opens up the second half with a touchdown, and you're thinking, all right, now we're good. Now this one is over. But then Kansas has another big play, and all of a sudden, once again, it's a one-possession football game, and you're sitting here like, oh my God, we should be winning this game by three or four scores, and yeah. it's six points here midway through the third quarter. What's going on? But the Longhorns' defense was able to amp it up, and obviously the Longhorns' offense was able to get things going consistently Jonathan Brooks obviously the biggest star for the Texas offense a career high for him with 218 yards on the ground and the Longhorns once again big time performance in the second half outscoring Kansas 27 to 7 in the final 30 minutes to get the 40 to 14 win it's just a matter of time before this Texas defense starts to wear you down they just do they're they're loaded. They've got players at all different positions. They've got substitutes that come in and play just like starters. But it was not only just the, the defense that played that way. I think this Texas offense is now starting to show some depth in it, too. I mean, they, as we said, that receiver room is filled with stars, and they really, really are. And they're starting to come to the front now. Sark's using everybody. I'm, I'm sorry to see that. I saw JT – I saw Sanders when he went out. I was like, wow. That's, that scared me a little bit. I Hopefully that's – maybe a thigh bruise or something that's just going to be a bruise and he's going to have to suck it up and play this week, but they'll miss, they'll miss him. If, if, if there's something, you know, really, really wrong with him, if it's a knee, if it's a, a lower, it, it looked more like a lower ankle, high ankle sprain or whatever, that's going to suck. But that's something that may heal up. I, I, I don't think it's a knee. I thought it was either a thigh or an ankle. I know it was a leg injury. That, I'll just say that. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. I'll just say it's a leg injury. Well, it was an ankle injury. Okay. And we get, we've got some audio from Steve Sarkeesian. Good. Of course, Sark will meet with the media a little bit later today, so I'm sure he'll give another update on Jatavion Sanders. But but I, yeah, I, love the depth. The, I love the depth yeah. of this team right now. I, I, I think they bring in players that when they come in the game, they are, they are players. They're not just people just substituting just for the fact of giving somebody a blow. They're creative guys that can get in the game and do something, and Sark knows what to do with those players. They still struggle a little bit in the scoring zone. Yeah. You know, it that that was tough to see. I mean, they got down in that scoring zone and they just weren't they they just are still just trying to figure it out. But I'm watching all of football and, and teams defenses are starting to figure it out on some of these offensives, you know. You know, they back up, they just don't let you get they don't let you get into this into the end zone. They're giving up a little bit in front, they're rallying, but it's all over football. There's a lot of teams struggling in the scoring zone right now. The creativity is on the defensive side right now in the scoring zone, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, Texas was obviously able to punch it into the end zone a couple of times in the second half, but they did make it into the red zone uh, twice in the first half, and they had to settle for a couple of field goal attempts. And then obviously they got close on that final drive of the first half where Quinn Ewers threw the interception. Technically not a red zone trip for Texas, so that one doesn't count against the stat sheet. But uh, yeah, uh, that was a struggle for the Longhorns again 
offensively. And that's sort of the one thing that this Texas team needs to really clean up going into the Oklahoma game and going into the rest of the season. They've got to be more opportunistic when they get the ball into the red area. You know, I, I don't want to be hyperbole guy, right? I always try to avoid ridiculous over the top statements just to make a point. I don't do Stephen A. Smith stuff. I don't do Skip Bayless stuff. That's just not in my nature. Now, if they paid me like they pay those guys, oh, you'd yeah. be over the top. You'd be so far over the top. You'd be out of the picture here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I say it all the time. Like, I would do live reads for ISIS or Al Qaeda if they paid me money, you know? So I, I'll do anything for a buck, but I try to normally avoid being hyperbole guy. Dude, this game was over when Jason Bean trotted out onto the field for Kansas. There is no time. doubt about it. When Billy Bean came out there, it was over. It yeah. really, it, and, it really. I mean, that team, you could see the energy in that football team itself. They were waiting for him to make a play. He actually made some plays. The receivers dropped balls. If they didn't drop some of those balls, this game could have been a little bit closer. But their, their, their team had a little bit of the dropsies on Saturday. Balls hitting yeah. guys in the helmet, hitting them in the face mask, hitting popping off their chest. They, they struggled. They struggled without their starting quarterback. And it wasn't necessarily the backup's fault either. I mean, he played the game that he generally plays. But guys have to help him. They didn't help him on Saturday. No, but the backup's just not very good. And, like, I, I've i watched a ton of Jason Bean this year. He started the first game of the season for Kansas, but he also played, I think, five games last year sure. for Kansas because Jalen Daniels missed a significant chunk of the season with a separated shoulder. And, look, Jason Bean's solid. Like, he's got some starting experience. He played at UNT up in Denton for a little bit. Right. Obviously, he started some games at Kansas. So he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the country. It's not like they brought in a true freshman who absolutely sucks. But, I mean, just the drop-off. We're talking about going from the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year to to a backup quarterback at Kansas. So, you know, sometimes, what's the old saying, Buck? Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. It's best to be lucky and good. And that's yeah. what Texas is. It, it's three weeks in a row. Texas has got to play a backup quarterback, man. Like, let's let's not ignore that. Now, Texas is still really good, and I don't think they would have lost to Wyoming, Baylor, or Kansas if they had their starting quarterbacks in that game. But that is three weeks in a row where Texas has been able to go up against somebody else's backup quarterback. And look, Texas had 650-plus yards of offense on Saturday. Jalen Daniels could not have played defense, right? I still think Texas would have won this game even if Daniels did play. But Texas isn't up 13-7 to at halftime with the mistakes that they made in the first half Sure. if, if Jalen Daniels is playing for Kansas. Like, it would have been – I still think Texas would have come back and once again won and probably pulled away late. But, like, that's better to be lucky than good or better to be lucky and good. And right now, over these last three weeks, Texas has been both. They've had some fortune, but they've obviously played really well too. They have. I mean, they've run the ball real, real well. I mean – if Jalen Daniels was going to play linebacker, they needed him desperately because that linebacker area was very weak. It was vulnerable from the beginning. I thought that was one of their weak links, and it showed in that game because Jonathan Brooks got into that linebacker area and made guys either miss or he ran through arm tackles. When they'd stick their arm out, as I say about this kid, if you don't form tackle him and you don't get your whole body on him, a shoulder's not bringing him down. And he makes those incredible moves inside the tackles that are just real subtle types of moves to get you off balance. And then he breaks and he breaks loose. And he is, he is the way he's playing right now. He's not just the best running back in the Big 12. He's one of the best running backs in the nation. Now, there's a cat at, at, at Kentucky that plays pretty good too at the running back position. But Jonathan Brooks 
is in there. He's got to be one of those true Doak Walker candidates right now. I mean, he's playing out of this world, and his average per carry is just amazing. And he's, the thing about him, he's getting better, and he can take on more carries. He really yeah. can. He doesn't look tired. He doesn't, he doesn't look worn. He doesn't look beat up. I mean, he looks, he looks good. He looks sensational right now. I love watching him run, and the more he gets it, the better off this team is, as a matter of fact. Yeah, Jonathan Brooks now third in the country in rushing yards behind only Audric Estime from Notre Dame, who had a pretty big oh, game yeah. on Saturday, and then also Nate Noel from Appalachian State. Those are the two guys ahead of Jonathan Brooks right now. But yeah, Jonathan Brooks, despite beginning the season as a backup, third in the nation in rushing. He's averaging a very nice 6.9 yards per carry as well. Yeah, and we all question that whole backup thing in the start of the season anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, he only had 109 yards in the first two games of the season. Right. But he's been feasting since he's been getting the ball. Like, that's been the biggest difference. It's not like Jonathan Brooks found something and, no. oh, now now he's good. No, it's like he's actually getting the ball. The coaches realized that he's the best running back on the team, and they realized that this offense is significantly better when Jonathan Brooks is carrying the ball 20-plus times a game. And since then, to the moon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not, you know, we, we all got a glimpse of him in, in some mop-up duty last year, which every time he was in, he ran for 100 yards. I mean, he's a good back. He would have been a good back, I mean, against the first teams that, that Texas had played against last year. He's just a good football player, and he understands the position. And he, as I said, the more carries he gets, the more experience he gets on, on some of the things that he likes to do against defenders. And, boy, he is something in the open field now. And he has that speed to burn. That, that one thing that I thought he didn't have, He's got plenty of that. He's got plenty of speed. He's got plenty of breakaway speed. He's got plenty of elusive speed. But more than anything, he's a finisher. I love the way he finishes his runs. And the young back, I think he's going to get better. I think we're going to see C.J. Baxter over the next couple of years really understand that position. Because that guy, when he hits the ground, dude, he falls like Tua at times. He falls hard. I mean, I don't know if anybody notices that, but when he goes down – he hits that turf really, really hard. He's a big-bodied guy anyway, and he carries some decent weight. And it's not like he's going to get thinner as time goes on. He's going to get more muscular. I mean, he's just a freshman. So he'll get, he'll get more physically built. He'll gain a couple of even more pounds. And, and as he grows a little bit, BK, but he hits the ground hard. He falls hard. When they hit him and he hits the ground, he goes down like a lump of coal, not like almost like a sack of shit. I mean, he, when he hits that ground, dude, it's like, Bam! I'm like, ooh. He almost makes you cringe when he hits the ground. You're almost coming up and saying, that's got to hurt. So that he's going to have to go to the fall school and just learn how to take some of these blows a little bit better. No, he's got, and he's going to start. Two shows in a row, Buck. You've called C.J. Baxter a sack of shit. What's no, going on? Man? No, what did he never do to you? He hits that ground. And, you know, it's like a, a load of bricks when you throw it off a truck. It's like, bam. I mean, that there's he's going to learn how to – he's going to have to – Learn, learn how to fall with some, with a little less thud, you know, yeah. and start dishing out that thud to the other guys. But when he goes down, he goes down hard. It's just experience. It's just, you know, give me more carries. I'll start learning that deal. I'll start how to hit the hit the ground sideways a little bit. But he's gonna be he's gonna be pretty good. He really is. He's got oh, yeah. that. He's got some size to him. But he's got to be start being the guy who starts to dish out the thumping a little bit more. Yeah, I just. Don't go around calling 18-year-old sacks of shit, you know? That's <laughs> not the way I operate, but I guess when you're as experienced as you are, you can get away with that. Stuff. I don't know a lot about things, but I do know a lot about running backs and the way they run and the way they hit and the way they deliver. I know he's going to be 
he's going to be really, really good. But his fall technique, very similar to Tua. You know, got to stop that. Got to get him in your fall school. That's, that's going to start to hurt a little bit. That turf doesn't give in November. It doesn't get any softer in November on, that, on, those, on those fields, you know. Yep. It starts to get a little colder, and that stuff gets a little bit harder. So you're going to have to be careful with that. But he is talented. But Jonathan Brooks, one of the best, not just in the Big 12, but in the country now. Yeah, let's hear from Sark, because Sark was asked specifically about Jonathan Brooks after his career day on Saturday. Here's the head coach talking about RB1. One thing that JB's doing, he's playing with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, I think that he's a very patient runner. He's always had natural running ability. And now as he's finding opportunities in the open field, he's making safeties miss. Uh, and when you can do that at running back, when you block things right and you trust the run, and then you can make that last layer of defense miss, you can create explosive runs. And now this is um, this is three straight weeks where he has hit home runs. You know, as much as he's running really good, you know, hard yards between the tackles, he's he's a home run hitter for us right now too, which I don't know if everybody appreciated that about him coming into the season. But if you think back over the last two years, when he's gone in games at the end of these games, He's hit home runs. You know, he hit one against Kansas last year in that game. Um, so he's he's done that. And so now he's putting the two together, and I couldn't be more proud of him uh, that, that he's working hard. And I'll say this. I've been proud of Cedric because he's not 100% yet. But for him to go out there and have 16 carries and, and he's learning more and more about playing the game and how to play, um, you know, for those two guys to have that night that they had uh, was pretty before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he's right. Cedric is learning the game. He's learning not to be that sack of bricks. But he, the more carries he gets, the more he understands the blocking schemes and how defenders are going to come up and hit him. Because it's not a lot of fun to come up and see a guy like, you know, almost six foot two, you know, 215, 220 pounds. That's not fun for a secondary to, guy to see that. that he's yeah. going to start delivering on those guys and punishing guys for tackling him the way they tackle him. But he'll learn. But, but Jonathan Brooks has got it. He's got it. He's got it all wrapped up. It's just a matter of how many carries are you willing to give to that guy. He's going to have a long one or two runs per game because that's how good he is between the tackles where other guys will go down. You know, even the kid from as good as the kid was from Kansas, there were times where he would go down on some of the runs that Jonathan Brooks doesn't go down on. You know, you can knock him off balance. You can knock him off his pins. Hard to knock Jonathan Brooks off his pins. Uh-huh. He's ridiculous. Average 10 and a half yards at carry on Saturday. And like Sark was talking about, the home run ability, yes. about the 67-yard run we saw from Jonathan Brooks on Saturday. And it does feel like an every-week occurrence now where that guy breaks a long one. And that's a big-time element for this Texas offense because you know the deep passing game still is not as consistent as we would like it to be. Obviously, we've seen it be very successful at times this season. I think of the Alabama game first and foremost. But if you can have explosive plays in the run game, in addition to the occasional explosive play through the air, sure. that makes your offense extremely, extremely hard to stop. And when this Texas offense is rolling right now, Buck, they are extremely hard to stop. 
Well, it is. Uh, I, I, my pregame thoughts were BK that the stars have to shine in that game. You know, uh, whether the their quarterback was playing or not, but the stars had to shine for 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 the Longhorns in order to really to have a solid win. And it, all the stars did shine. They really did. You know, they did things on the special teams. There was no muff punch. Everybody was everybody's right on on the mark. You know, A.D. Mitchell is is a special player right now for Quinn Ewers. He is his safety blanket. He can throw some off you know, passes that don't have to hit you dead in the hands or, or right on the money. A.D. Mitchell is going to make the grab. And he has now become Quinn Ewers' guy. You know, when it's a third down play that needs to happen and you need to get a first down and move the chains, A.D. Mitchell has been there for Quinn Ewers, and he's catching and running with the ball. So the stars did shine. I think they all came out and played. Now, Jordan Whittington still hasn't had that game. I'm waiting for him to have. But, hell, like I said, they only got one football. They, they, every, you know, they don't have three or four footballs to, to be thrown out there on every play to different guys, but he'll have his game. I mean, he's, yeah. still, he's still very important in the run game, blocking downfield. He's important in the passing game. You know, when, they, when they're doing screens and little slide screens, that guy gets on you as a blocker. He's yeah. still very beneficial to what he does for that football team. So he'll sure. have his game when it comes to receiving. It just hadn't happened yet. Yeah, Sark looked very smart on Saturday because yeah. he's been promoting a couple of different things all season long, and they really came to fruition this weekend. He's talked a lot about this offense's versatility and how this group has a number of different ways to beat you. I mean, this was a complete football game, right? You think yeah. about what Texas did in Lawrence against this Kansas team last year. Now, Texas won that game going away, but Quinn Ewers barely cracked 100 yards passing. They didn't need him. They ran for 427 yards, and it was just the Bijan show for all four quarters up there in Lawrence last year. But it was a sort of a one-sided game. Uh, Texas was very multifaceted on offense. I mean, Quinn Ewers threw for 325, and the team ran for 336. Yeah, like he was that, a part of that rushing. Game. I mean, he was Quinn Ewers Sayers yeah. on Saturday again. What? Quinn Ewers Sayers? Yeah. He You're comparing like the Kansas Comet, Gale Sayers? Yeah, yeah. He, he showed him who Gale Sayers really looked like when he ran for that 30-yard touchdown run. No? Dude, that that Gale Sayers is rolling over, man. <laughs> Come on. You call calling C.J. Baxter a sack of shit is nothing to doing that to Gale Sayers. Come on, man. Wow. Another 30-yard touchdown run by Quinn Ewers. Yeah. I, I, although I did not like the one in the end. No, oh, thank my you. God, what what was Why? that? Why Sark? Why? Why well, even run that? No, Sark, Sark was thinking that Kansas was going to be fooled on that fake handoff bootleg touchdown at the very end, where Quinn Ewers dove for the pylon and took oh. a little bit of a shot from both the Kansas defender and the turf as he hit the deck. He was thinking that all eleven guys on that Kansas defense were going to be fooled. Ten of them were, but one guy realized <laughs> yeah. Quinn Ewers had the ball. And it was a foot race. And if it was Gail Sayers, it would not have been a foot race. No. It was a foot race to the corner. And Sark was talking to Quinn after that play, maybe like, dude, just slide or go down. But I don't blame Quinn. He wants to score a touchdown. Like, Sark, yeah. maybe don't, don't put your quarterback He's in He's not going to go Patrick Mahomes and slide and try to be a smart football player at the <laughs> one-yard line, Patrick Mahomes. By the way, I don't need smart football players. I need football players that are making me cash. So I don't know what Patty Mahomes – was doing that's right patty mahomes oh. decided not to make a cutback and go in the end zone last night he decided oh i'm going to be the smart guy for the team yeah okay smart guy if i want a smart guy i'll talk to a cpa i don't want my quarterback i need my quarterback getting doesn't he understand there's fantasy players out there he doesn't care what he should care 
You don't even play fantasy. You just had the Chiefs minus eight. That's why you're mad? A little your bit. Cousin, yeah, what is wrong with him? Oh, man. Hey, you smart. play. Hey, Mr. Smart Guy, let me go down at the one. Really? Hey, that's that Texas Tech education coming through. That's one of the finest academic institutions in the land, all right? Well, he needs to be the dumb quarterback and dive into the end zone and get me a score. Speaking okay. of dumb, how about your thousand-unit lock of the weekend? The Miami Dolphins? What happened there, dude? Hey, they scored 20. They lost by 20. <laughs> I don't care that they and scored 20. You can't score 70 every week. I mean, come on now. They were trying to give up 70, it looked like. Up or in they Buffalo. were. They, they were getting close. I'll tell you that. Buffalo was making it look easy. Oh, yeah, I, I was I, I was really happy with the way the horns played. I, I'm really happy with still the way that defense played. But for a couple drops here and there, if they'd have made those catches in that secondary, that's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, it, it's another week where just a couple of big plays hurt this Texas defense, right? Like, they were mm -hmm. awesome against Alabama, but they gave up a couple of long touchdowns, which obviously made that game a little closer than it needed to be right. down the stretch. And then, yeah, uh, the big option play. Obviously, Kansas had some luck there, right? Jalen Catalan, hello. Yes. Uh, as advertised on Saturday with two or three huge hits in that game against Kansas. Felt like, and I've been saying it for a while, like, you know, Texas was saving Jalen Catalan. They were keeping him on a pitch count. They were saving him for some of the bigger games this season. Kansas, a ranked opponent. Obviously, Oklahoma coming up, a ranked opponent. Uh, I figured we'd see more Jalen Catalan last Saturday, and I think we're going to see more Jalen Catalan on Saturday. But he had the big hit. Obviously, Kansas gets the lucky break with the fumble going straight to Daniel Hyshaw, and he scoops it in. But that was still a big play. And then the long 58-yard passing touchdown. That was ridiculous, that play. Yeah, where Keaton Crawford was stuck one-on-one -on -one against a receiver. He got turned around a little bit and being hit Wilson in stride. I, I thought this was amazing. I went back and rewatched this game last night. Kansas did not take a snap from the Texas 35-yard line until there were three minutes left in the game. So they obviously had the two long touchdowns, which were longer than 35 yards out, but Kansas couldn't even make it. Forget the red zone. They couldn't even make it to the no. Longhorn 35-yard line until it was 40-14 to 14 with three minutes left in the football game, and obviously Texas was able to keep Kansas out of the end zone in that spot. So just a couple of big plays. If you clean that up, I mean, hell, you give up 14 points, you're going to win. 90%, maybe 95% of the time sure. with the talent that Texas has on offense. Hell, it should be closer to 100% of the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if they could just clean up, you know, the one or two many breakdowns that they have, uh, this defense, it's already in the conversation for the best in college football. It could really become the best in college football. You know, and as you said with Catalan, I, I got a feeling Daniel saw some film on him from the Baylor game and said, uh-oh, that guy's healthy and my back's a little sore. Maybe my back doesn't need to get real, real loose for me to go in there and take a shot from that guy because he was dishing out some punishment now. Every hit he put in there, were, they were, he was trying to throw in fatal blows, which scares me about the way he hits. But it looks like his shoulder is just fine. Maybe he's hitting with the opposite shoulder, but boy, did he bring it on Saturday. That's his game. I mean, we got a chance to see his game over the last two weeks. He brought that at Baylor, a couple of hits like that, where he loosened up. But he was fine and dandy on Saturday. All of his body was loose. And everybody he hit got loose, too. I mean, he, he, I mean, he rattles your teeth when he hits you. He comes with – his velocity when he comes is spectacular, BK. And that was, that was fun to watch him. That would have not been good for their starting quarterback who has a bad back if he'd, if he'd have got him in the back or the ribs on Saturday for sure.
Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Jalen Catalan is a heat-seeking missile. And once again, that was on uh, full display on Saturday. But yeah, this defense, and I think of the, the biggest turning point maybe in this game, because once again, Texas was dominating statistically. And the eye test would have told you that Texas should have been up three or four scores yes. for most of the game. But obviously, this was a 20-14 to 14 football game midway through the third quarter. And Texas was able to force a turnover on downs, right? Kansas decided to go decided to go for it, fourth and one in their own territory. And a little bit of a miscommunication on Kansas. But, hey, Texas gets the stop. They get the football back. And then, boom, five plays, all five runs, right? I think Jonathan Brooks had four of them. C.J. Baxter had a run, too. But Texas was able to take advantage of the short field right. and punch it into the end zone to make it a two-possession game. And, obviously, the Longhorns never looked back. So, yeah, the defense – when they needed to step up and make some plays, they stepped up and made some plays. And I thought that was, yeah, the biggest moment in the game, that turnover on downs. I think technically it was a fumble that Texas recovered, but obviously it happened on that fourth down. And then, boom, the Longhorns turned it into points. And just like that, you knew it was going to oh, yeah. be okay. Yeah, and the interception by Quinn Ewers, you know, was one that he eyeballed the receiver the entire time. And the backup linebacker was eyeballing him the entire time. Waited for a guy to clear. He just waited, stepped right in front of that. That was just a late throw that just can't happen. Yeah. That's that's just that's just checking out your receiver and the linebacker checking you out where you're going to throw the ball. Hey. That was a, that was a give me. That was a that was just a giveaway there. If Quinn Ewers throws an interception every 246 passing oh, yeah. attempt, I, I think we're okay. Yeah, you're right. Bad read. Locked on, locked on to the receiver, and there was a DB tracking his eyes the entire way, and it was an easy pitch and catch for the Kansas player. But, uh, yeah, look, that that ended the second longest interceptionless streak in school history. So if uh, Ewers is going to throw one pick every five games, hell, dating back to last year, every oh, eight, yeah. nine games, whatever it was, I think uh, we will all sign up for that. All right, we'll get uh, more into Texas-Kansas. We'll obviously talk more about some of the other big college football games from the weekend. We'll talk about the Cowboys' beatdown, handing Bill Belichick his worst loss in his coaching career. Ever. Wow. Even worse than anything he did in Cleveland. We'll also talk about the Texans. Very impressive win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Plenty more to get to, but we got to give some love to some of our great sponsors. Buck, who do you want to start with today? Well, I want to start with our, the folks that are going to be helping us get up to Dallas. You know, we always are looking for travel partners, and you can become a travel partner because we're going to all the big events. We will be there. But our travel partners, we want to thank Austin Duck Adventures. You know, it's a fun narrated tour of Austin, of course, and they have daily tours from the Austin's Visitor Center and austinducks.com. That's all you have to go to find out information, austinducks.com. I want to thank Paulie and the gang over there. They've got group rates, private charters, of course, that are available to you. Austin Duck Adventures, Ride Splash Quack. <coughs> there you go. Comanche Concrete, Mike Terry and the guys over there. They're locally owned and operated. You know, they've been around in Central Texas for quite a while. They do residential foundation, flat work, driveways. Over 22,000 foundation slabs installed. And they're, they're from Austin to New Braunfels, of course, from Momo Falls to Bastrock. Give them a call for a free quote at 512-297-2440. Call them today. That's Comanche Concrete. If you've got a crack, which you shouldn't have, like I have in my driveway from the dudes that did my driveway three years ago, call Comanche Concrete. They'll come and fix that crack for you, too. They have to replace the slab. Comanche Concrete will do just that. And, of course, our friends over at Hayes City Store. That's Travis Tindall and Tamara, the gang over there. You want comfort food for the heart and the soul? 
Hayes City Store in Driftwood. That is the spot, BK. Those are our travel partners. And listen, folks, you can become a travel partner with us, too, and get all the things that you need. We love to have sponsors. We want to get as many of you as, as we can. But thank you to those three for being our travel sponsors right now. Headed up to Dallas, Texas, USA, America this weekend. That's right. The biggest week of the year. And we're going to be up there in Dallas all weekend long. Shout out to our great travel partners for helping us make our way. And you're, to- a, big, you're a big uh, Hayes City store guy. You love that food, don't you? Love that place, man. Love that place. Love the duck boats. Love Comanche concrete. I do have a crack. What, what crack are you talking about? Not in your back. Not the crack in your back. Not that crack on your backside. Mm. But if you got sidewalk cracks, say you're in the sidewalk leading to the house or your driveway, give Mike Terry and those guys a call. You don't want to have a crack. You don't want to crack in your back or in your sidewalk, believe me, or the foundation of your home. Oh, it's Olipop. You really do drink that. Of course I do. All the time. Tell your guy, Mark, or what is he, Longhorn Joe or whatever his name, Joe from the Kokomo? (laughs) Joe from the Kokomo. Yes, that is it. Uh, Shout out to Olipop, man. I love this stuff. This is what got me back into soda. I had sworn off soda for years because, well, it is really bad for you. And I eat like shit. There's no way around it. And I'm like, like a bag of shit? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't eat your baked potatoes or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I was like, man, I, I can't eat the way that I want to eat and also keep drinking soda. I have to make a sacrifice somewhere. So I did that. But the good news is I don't have to do that anymore. Thanks to Olipop. This stuff is actually good for me. And it's good for you, too, obviously. Inside of every can, a blend of seven unique botanicals, prebiotics, and plant fibers. I'm getting nine grams of fiber Every time I down an Olipop, there's only two to five grams of sugar, hardly any calories as well. And most importantly, stuff tastes great. Like you're not, I don't, I don't, I'm not Trey. I don't do healthy food usually because it tastes awful. This stuff tastes like the soda that I grew up loving. And also it's good for me as well. So get you some Olipop. I know the Bucks had a few. I know a few of our guys. Chip's a big Olipop guy too. Uh, we love it, man. We love having them on board. And you can get you some at HEB, Target. Walmart, Whole Foods, wherever you go, get your groceries, get you some Olipop. All right. Where do you want to go next, Buck? College football, Cowboys, Texans? I'll give it to you. Let's just just stay with some college football we saw this weekend. You know, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish find a way to get Duke over the weekend. My sleeper team, Michigan, continues to win. Thank you very much. And – Georgia found a way to beat Auburn, and I thought we were going to be coming into this Monday. I watched that game. I was thinking we're going to come into Monday saying that Georgia's no longer number one. Will the Texas Longhorns slide into the number one or number two slot? Because I'm not quite sure. I I, I like that Michigan team. You know I do because they are my sleeper. But I'm not quite sure with Georgia right now. All I know is they got a tremendous tight end who's the best in America right now. Yeah. He's one of the best players in America right now. Yeah, there, a, were, there were there were some Texas fans like JT Sanders is better than Brock Bowers. No, like, no, no, no. Even before Saturday, when Sanders unfortunately got hurt, and Brock Bowers did what he did against Auburn, especially that final touchdown, it was like no, like like Brock Bowers is the best in the country, and yes. as good as JT Sanders is, I'm I'm not sure it's that close. Yeah, no. and, and look, Georgia. Georgia's number one because of the last two years. Yes, for sure. They they have not been the best team in college football this year their reputation from being the back-to-back national champion is why they are number one Michigan's look better than them 
Texas has looked better than them. Uh, but because Georgia hasn't lost yet, it feels like they're going to stay at number one until somebody is able to knock them off. That's the true. Should be so, that way. Yes. Yeah, but they they struggled, man. And I'll give Auburn some credit. I mean, Auburn could not have looked worse the week before in Aggieland where AM just beat the brakes off of them. Yes. And the only touchdown Auburn scored in that game was a scoop and score where Jimbo Fisher was on the field trying to make the tackle. Uh, they looked lifeless against the Aggies and then to, you know, come back and obviously have a lead for a lot of that game and make that a very good game against Georgia was a, a nice showing by them. But, yeah, now Georgia to this point this year has not been the same team that they were the last no. couple of years. Now, the good news for them, they do play a ranked Kentucky team. I don't know if that's the good news, but uh, not a ton of really, really tough games left on the uh, the Georgia schedule. So I assume they'll keep finding ways to win and stay unbeaten. Well, they'll but, get a battle you know, against Kentucky for sure. For sure? Oh, yeah. Mike Stoops will give them a battle this week. Okay. That will be that will be just very similar to what you just saw at Auburn. Okay. The line right is in the game four, line right now is 14 and a half. You think uh Kentucky's covering that? I do. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. That's a night game, six o'clock next Saturday. It's in Athens. Uh, but yeah, no, Georgia, they they found a way to get the job done. And how about Notre Dame? You you brought him up a moment ago. I mean, poor Duke, dude. That's why they'll always be a basketball school, right? There, there you go. What an opportunity they had. Uh, they they're up by one in the final minute of the game. They've got a fourth and 16, right? All you have to do is get this one stop and boom, it's one of your biggest wins in program history, but the sharp man. Yeah. Don't ask him what he ate before the game because the sharp man is going to deliver in ways that you don't want him to fourth and 16. He picks it up on the ground. How about that dude taking off and running. The next play is the spike, and then boom, they give the ball to Estime, and he takes it to the house, right? So not only does Duke lose, they also don't cover. You talk about Mahomes making the decision to slide at the one-yard line, costing a lot of people money last night. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame running it in for a touchdown instead of kicking a last-second field goal. Also That's all hard. they were trying to do, get in position to do that. Hey, and, and my cousin was very thankful for that, okay? Yeah. Because – you know, we're talking about football here. We're talking about Notre Dame football. We're talking about Duke football. So Notre Dame was always going to win, and they were always going to cover because this is college football, and Coach K couldn't pay off the refs. Yeah, see, see that, Patrick Mahomes? See, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to cover. You just heard BK say that. Don't slide at the one thinking, oh, I'll outsmart them. I, I don't want my defensive players to take any more hits when we can just <laughs> run the clock out. Smart guy, Okay. You and your State Farm commercials. You got to be kidding me. Really? You're going to yeah. slide it like the one foot line? Doesn't that guy what? like to score touchdowns? Boy, now, is- now I know why you didn't make it that long as a coach. My God, this is what you're telling your players? Hey, I paid the this, – this is the NFL. I pay those guys to go out there and run about eight more plays on defense. What do you mean? Why do it if you don't have to? Why not? Because uh, you want to win the game. What I'm do you mean, why to, not? I want my kid to win the fantasy football league. How about that, Patrick Mahomes? Uh, God, that is awesome. Yeah, I'm sure a bunch of fantasy players lost because of that decision on Sunday night football as well. Uh, how about USC and Colorado, man? I mean, USC was dominating this game early. It was, I think, 34-7 to late in the second quarter, and you're thinking it's deja vu, right? We saw what Oregon did to Coach Prime last week. Yes. And you're thinking, oh, it's happening again this week. But USC's defense, as long as Alex Grinch is there, 
Uh, no game is ever over. Colorado comes all the way back. They cut it down to one score. Very questionable clock management by Colorado on their last offensive possession of the game. Felt like they were acting like they were down by seven instead of down by 14. They were taking so much clock. They oh, just yeah. kept running the football, and they scored, but they basically put themselves in a position where they had to recover an onside kick to have any chance to win. They did not recover that onside kick, so SC was able to kneel it out. But boy, yeah, they've got I mean, some. Good. They've got some late late game communication problems. You know, as they're trying to grow with their program. You know, their quarterback. You know, the coaches in the box. I mean, they they had some struggles even against Colorado State, BK, where they didn't get to the line quickly. They were like sleepwalking, like guys, you need to you need to get moving here. You're going way too slow. But boy, their quarterback is talented. Uh, I mean, which one? Sanders or both quarterbacks are talented because the the Heisman Trophy nominee last year and winner last year is still the number one quarterback and still the number one Heisman guy this year. That guy is amazing. Yeah, six touchdowns for Caleb Williams, more than 400 yards. Uh, The SC offense did sputter a little bit, but come on, they scored 48 points. Like you should win going away every single time you do that. The uh, any kind of defense, you're right. Yeah, the SC defense couldn't get it done. So, yeah, give give Coach Prime guys credit. Give Shador Sanders some credit. Uh, the freshman Miller on the outside had a really, really good game at receiver for Colorado. And, uh, yeah, they they made it interesting. But they just kind of ran out of time because, well, their, their own mistakes with the right. clock management. And also, it's hard to spot somebody a 34-7 to lead and expect to come back to win. But, yeah, USC, they're unbeaten. They're obviously still a top 10 team in college football, but that defense, man, it's it's the same thing that plagued Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Like USC's got a shot to win their conference this year, and maybe they've got a shot to make it to the CFP this year. But uh, if you want to win a national championship, you can't be playing defense. Well, like you're, you're not going to win. You're not going to beat Oregon with, with that with that the kind of defense that you're playing right now. Yeah, the Pac-12 is too good this year. Like uh, the last couple of years, okay, USC can overcome that awful defense and maybe win that league. But, I mean, yeah, with Oregon being good, with Washington being what they are, Oregon State's solid. I don't think USC plays Oregon State this year. No, they don't have Uh, But UCLA is good. I mean, Utah, they've got on the schedule. They play Notre Dame. Obviously, that's a non-conference game. But, like, you know, you you need to win to make the playoff. Uh, Yeah, now USC's got to – got to clean some things up defensively i i, I don't think it's going to happen because well we're damn near halfway through the season at this point and they still have the same issues that they've had the last few you know who's got to clean some things up sunny dykes up in arlington fort worth area because they lost to the mountaineers how about this guy saving his gig continually right yeah boy west virginia was expected to be one of if not the worst team they are in the big 12 this year and I mean, they got boat raced by Penn State to open up the year, but they've won three in a row. They beat Pitt in the non-con. Pitt's not very good, but okay, rivalry win. Good job, Neil Brown. And then, yeah, they beat Texas Tech and TCU in back-to-back weeks. Uh, and I love have- that for the Big 12, leaving the Big 12 and leaving it with this mess with, with, with teams like West Virginia now taking over when they mm-hmm. won it, of course. You know how your commissioner wants Texas Tech to be that team. Well, it's not happening for them right now. Well, how about, yeah, West Virginia, I didn't think they were going to make a bowl game this year. What are they? They're four and one right now. And they, oh, yeah. play, they play Houston and Oklahoma State the next two weeks. They might right. be six and one, which I don't, you know, if they're ranked, they, they shouldn't be because they're not a top 25 team in college football. But like they play two awful teams these next couple of weeks and they've got a shot to win them both. Are they trying to get to Arlington in December? 
Oh, my. Maybe we are playing West Virginia this year after all. Yeah, there you go. That would be nuts. How about uh, how about Baylor? Waco High. Did you watch it? I mean, I so watched, the, wedding, yes. the wedding started. Like, I, I literally turned off the Baylor-UCF game when it was 35-7. to 7. I, I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to miss anything here. And then I checked my phone, like, that night, after the wedding, and it's 36-35, Baylor won? What 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 happened? Yeah, uh, UFC's quarterback, they did decided that they were going to just throw some picks and give the ball right to Baylor, throw them right in his right in their hands. That Baylor defense in that, that third quarter came to play a little bit. But the quarterback for Central Florida decided, oh, no, here's what I'll do. I'll just give them the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a big uh, 72-yard fumble return touchdown for Baylor late. That uh, brought it within one score, and obviously the Bears with the – Game-winning field goal in the last couple of minutes on that one. Maybe uh, they're Arlington. trying to get to Arlington. 26 points in the fourth quarter for Baylor. That 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 same group that put up six in four quarters against Texas at home puts up 26 in the fourth quarter on the road, and they spoil the home Big 12 debut for the uh, national champion, UCF Golden Knights. They still call themselves national champs? They've got rings. Yeah, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. I got I got ring pops. You know, those, those count as much as uh, those rings right there. And then I guess one more game we can get to as we sort of glance around the country. How about the uh, LSU Ole Miss game, man? What a you know I thought they played defense in the SEC. I didn't I, I didn't wow. you know like that that was always the knock on the Big Twelve is that they don't play any defense in the Big Twelve. And ah, oh, it's easy to have good offense in this league. Uh, how about that matchup, man? Back and forth. Ole Miss comes back. They get the win 55-49, to 49, the final in a thriller in Oxford. The LSU, you know, you know, calls themselves DBU. Let me tell you something. That may be one of the, the worst secondaries I've ever seen right now that they're lining up, right? I mean, they can't cover anybody. I mean, Mississippi's, Mississippi's quarterback, who is a dartboard? I mean, <laughs> dartboard had been horrible, and he just, just lit those guys up on Saturday night. Yeah, no. well, Jackson Dartboard, as you like to call him, was having a great season. Then he ran into Alabama last week. And yes. oh, maybe Alabama's good, sorry to inform you. And he looked very mortal. And then he bounces back and throws for 389 and four touchdowns. Good he was great. Yeah. They, yeah, couldn't yeah. St- they couldn't stop that kid on Saturday. You know, and LSU takes so long. You know, they, they, they take a long time to get cranking, BK. They, you know, their first quarters have been really, really bad. They just don't. They seem to not get off the bus in time, you know, and wake up. They wake up just before half, and in their third and fourth quarters, they get their offense going where they can score three or four touchdowns in a row. But that defense is going to obviously going to get them beat. They just don't have the defense. I'm not used to seeing that out of LSU defense, especially in the secondary. Now, a lot of people thought LSU was going to make it to the college football playoff this season, and they've already got a couple of losses, so they're done. They're done. You don't lose two games and make it to the CFP. Uh, LSU, you know, they've had the – year two success streak that they've been on with their head coaches of different programs winning Mm -hmm. championships in their second year. You had it with baseball with Jay Johnson. You had it with your girl, Kim Mulkey and women's hoops. Yeah. By the way, I hope she's feeling better. You know, she had some procedures done with her heart last week. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been saying prayers for Kim Mulkey. I do too, because I'm worried if I I don't, she's going to, she's going to kick my ass. (laughs) She's coming for you. (laughs) Dude. I would rather be in a dark alley late at night with Ray Lewis. White suit or not, I don't care. 
than Kim Mulkey, man. I feel like I got a better chance of survival going up against the Hall her, of Famer. Her, her, her LSU gear. Yeah, with those, with those high heels. With oh, yeah. Sequin. Leather. Jackets. Oh, yeah. With the bird yeah. feathers. Bird feathers and stuff. Don't mess with her. She's for real. She's like the lady in the, the drive-thru. She don't play. The lady in the drive-thru. With the gun. Oh, the jack-in-the-box? Yeah, Shali- Shaliqua. Oh, your girl right <laughs> here, Alania Ford? Oh, no. Hold on. Oh, no, just off probation. Here, I'll teach you. Let me reach back here in one of my folds. Yeah, you want your fries? Yeah, here's your fries. You want this heated <laughs> yeah. up? I'll heat this oh. up. Boom, boom, boom. Bang. Back to uh, parole. Back, back to, on parole. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So big win for Ole Miss. Uh, tough loss for LSU, man. And, yeah, uh, uh, not the year that they expected to have. Obviously, they have a few games they can win down the stretch. They could still get in contention for the SEC West and the SEC championship game. But, uh, yeah, no playoff for the LSU. And, and of course, the, the opponent for Texas this week, the, the Sooners took care of Iowa State, which is just struggling. Yeah, yeah, the betters, uh, well, you could tell they took the over uh, with the way that they played. This was kind of close early, right? Iowa State's offense was able to go score for score with Oklahoma for a while. Uh, it was 21-20 to 20 midway through the second quarter, and then Oklahoma just took advantage. I mean, they score a touchdown, then they get the punt block for the safety, and then they score very late in the first half, and boom, it goes from 21-20 to 20 to 40-20 to 20 just like that. And any chance Iowa State had of – Maybe pulling off the upset. I don't think anybody gave him much of a shot, but any chance that they had went by the wayside in the last six, seven minutes of that yeah. first half. You know, I, I want I want Catalan to put one of those shots on Dylan Gabriel because he talks mm-hmm. a lots of smack during the course of a game. That's that's the biggest difference between OU last year and OU this year for this game. Like Dylan Gabriel played a lot last year and Oklahoma still went six and seven. Like they had a ton of issues and it's clear that they're better this year overall than they were in 2022. But when you think of the Red River shootout in particular, I mean, Dylan Gabriel didn't play. So so I said it like about this Kansas game. Like once Jason Bean trotted the KU offense onto the field, they had no shot. They had no shot. I'm not saying they would have won if Daniels played because Texas still did whatever it wanted offensively. But trust me, as a guy who's watched a ton of Jason Bean at Kansas, the game was over as soon as they said Jalen Daniels isn't going to play. Last year in Dallas, the game was over as soon as I saw that wide receiver slash tight end playing quarterback for Oklahoma. Like Once we knew that Gabriel wasn't going to play and then their backup wasn't going to play, it's like, uh, all right, this, this is over. And clearly it was early. It got out of hand and Oklahoma didn't score a point last year and it was one of the biggest beatdowns in the history of that game uh that's that's different like gabriel is healthy he's going to play this weekend and he's going to run with the ball yeah and and look he he does have an injury history going back to his time at ucf and obviously last year at oklahoma uh and he's got to be a little bit smarter at times with going down and not taking some of the shots that he's taken but this dude is playing at a really, really high clip. I mean, he's top 10 in Heisman odds right now out in Vegas. Now, Oklahoma hasn't played anybody. I understand that. But still, Dylan Gabriel is putting up some numbers right now. And he's he's the best quarterback Texas has played this year. Yeah. It would have been Jalen Daniels. Be. They didn't play Jalen Daniels. It's Dylan Gabriel. So this will be a little bit of a test for this Texas defense. Yeah, but this Oklahoma defense is a little bit better than last year. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. 
pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. They're yeah. still susceptible against the run. Mm-hmm. And, and Texas can ride their run, their, that offensive line and this run game. And it's going to be – it'll be a dogfight. It just is going to be this year. But Texas can just, you know, late in the game, run the ball down these guys' throats. They, they struggle a little bit on the defensive line still against the run. Yeah. Yeah, Texas should win this game. The Longhorns five-point favorites going into Saturday. Uh, both teams 5-0. and oh. Obviously, both teams ranked in the top 12. Texas number three, Oklahoma number 12. Um, but, yeah, now Texas, Texas is better. They've got more talent. They've got, uh, I think, a better coaching staff right now. Yes. And I expect the Horns to win, but it's the Red River game. Anything happens. There have been years where Oklahoma has been a two-touchdown favorite where Texas found a way to win. So just because Texas looks better, just because they're ranked higher, just because they're favored, uh, I don't have to tell anybody that right. that doesn't necessarily mean a damn thing when these two teams get together. At the well, what, what really, really works the majority of time in this rivalry is the fact that the team who has the leading rush, rush offense – generally wins this game. They win a lot on a high percentage of the time. This is a, 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 a Longhorn team that can run the football, BK, and it can get it done. You know, if, yeah, if, yeah. if they decide that that's what they want to do, you know. Yeah, there's there's your matchup. And, and once again, we'll deep dive. I don't have to tell anybody this. They'll know we'll be talking about this game all week. But Oklahoma's only averaging four yards a carry as an offense against a weak schedule. Yeah, to this point. And Texas, obviously, Texas's run defense has been really good. So, uh, yeah, like Oklahoma's passing offense has been great. They lead the Big 12 in scoring. So they're doing a lot right on offense. But the consistent ground game that you generally think about when you're talking about really good uh, Oklahoma teams, they right. haven't had that this season. So Texas definitely has the edge with uh, the running offense. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and they've got to they've got to they've got to run them run at Oklahoma often too, and that means early in the football game. It can't be one of those. We'll get it going in the third and fourth quarter. They need to they need to puncture this defense a little bit early to set up for the play action pass, which their secondary is okay, but I'm not quite to the point where I want to say that Texas has the best secondary. I said by midseason they'd be one of the best in the nation, but if they're going to give up one one play a game like they did you know, on Saturday, and guys are going to drop the ball. I'm not expecting Oklahoma receivers to drop the ball like what we just saw at Kansas. You know, guys mm-hmm. just dropping balls that are hitting them in the hands. This game, big-time players will make some big plays in this game, and somebody will be a hero. So you can't you can't take it that guys are going to drop footballs in this game. You just got to look at it as if people are going to make plays in this football game on Saturday. Yep, that's what happens, man. Uh, legends are born. Yes. Cotton Bowl. And uh, we're five days away from seeing who will become legendary this weekend. Uh, Quinn Ewers was great in this spot last year. We'll see if he can do it again. He has been a big game player in his Texas career. And it goes without saying, this is a big, big game coming up this weekend. All right, some more love to some more great sponsors. How about Texas Orthopedics, Buck? For sure. Now, if you're seeking specialized patient focus, orthopedic care contact the experts at texas orthopedic their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for adults and children spinal care sports medicine trauma care joint replacement rheumatology and even more when you're there you'll see christopher danny who i coach at the university of texas and chris stockton they're dedicated orthopedic surgeons and their goal is to get you 
back to good health, and, of course, give you that quality of life that you deserve. Visit TXOrtho.com for more information. Texas Orthopedics, one of the largest independent orthopedic practices in the state of Texas. Once again, for more information, go to TXOrtho.com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And shout out to Altstat Beer as well. You know, I was out at Horseshoe Bay Resort over the weekend for a wedding, and they had Altstat out there. Come on now. They're not messing around. They know what's up, and you should know what's up too. Get ready for Monday Night Football tonight, but of course, get ready for football all season long with the best beer that you can find all throughout the great state of Texas. It's all over Austin, but hey, if you're making your way up 35 to the Metroplex like we are, they've got Altstat all over DFW. They've got it in Houston, wherever you're tuning in across the Lone Star State, you can find the greatness of Altstat beer. Every single Altstat is brewed with just four simple ingredients. There are no additives. There are no preservatives in any of the Altstat family of beers. Guys, the taste is absolutely there. One sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstat beer. No impurities. Let's 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 figure out about your Houston Texans. Are they for real? What is up with this group? And what is Dude. up with this 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 young quarterback has played just absolutely great so far. Not just one of the best rookie quarterbacks, first year players in the history. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks period in the NFL right now. I yeah. mean, he has got it going on. I'm kind of glad that I'm not doing radio in Houston anymore because I spent the entire offseason talking about how Bryce Young is going to be better than C.J. Stroud and how the Texans made a huge mistake by winning their regular season finale that cost themselves the number one pick in the draft. And then, hey, the Texans haven't had a lot of luck in recent years. They might have lucked out by winning that game they were supposed to lose because Bryce Young is 0-4, and he's been pretty up and down. He's already missed a game because of an injury, and that was a big concern with him, with his size coming out of school. And C.J. Stroud just keeps getting better and better. He was the rookie of the month in his first month of his NFL career. And even though the calendar changed to October, he picked up right where he left off. You said it. He hasn't just been the best rookie quarterback. He has been one of the best quarterbacks in football through uh, the first four games of his NFL career. And the Texans expected to be one of, if not the worst team in the NFL this year. They are 2-2. Two and two. They beat the Brakes off of Pittsburgh yesterday. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin is now going to have to start making changes because of what happened to him yesterday. He said, we can't keep doing the same old thing over and over and expecting different outcome. He said, there will be changes made. And when that dude says it, there will be some changes made. Now, we know Kenny Pickett went out of the game. He's probably not going to start. Little hands and little legs or whatever. But he struggled yesterday. But I'm, I'm going to tell you about watching the Texans. This is not a real over-talented wide receiving core. But these dudes are getting open, and this quarterback is finding ways to hit guys, and they don't drop passes. One thing about this group, I mean, now Dalton Schultz is really starting to get involved in the offense now, getting down the field and making plays like he did for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott over the last couple years. He's a big part of what they're going to start doing down the middle of the field, and that's scary for opponents because this this team right now, and I'm forget about this offense, the way they're playing defense right now is kind of scary too. They're legit. This is a legit team. I, I don't know if they have enough players depth-wise to continue on this pace with 17-game season. But as of now, they are going to make teams really, really pay early in this football year. Yeah, I I don't know if they're legit in terms of a playoff contender in the loaded AFC, but Mm -hmm. 
they're better than most people thought they were going to be. There's no doubt about that. And how about a 24-point win for the Texans? That's their largest margin of victory since 2017. That was the first home win for the Texans since 2021. They didn't win a game at NRG at all last year. And they get the win in a big way. How about J.J. Watt getting inducted into the Texans Hall of Honor, getting that number retired against his brother, of course. That was a great day for the Texans, right? Best player in franchise history, gets into your Hall of Fame, and then you go out and put an ass-whooping on the Pittsburgh Steelers in your own home stadium, leaving all of those terrible towels just sitting down. That was uh, an impressive showing. And you said it, man. you know, CJ Stroud's good. CJ Stroud's yeah. good. It's not overreaction. He's got no. the second most yards by a rookie through his first four games in NFL history. So what yeah. this dude is doing is legit right now, man. Yeah, and it's it's incredible that the, the, the Pittsburgh defense couldn't control him yesterday. TJ Watt had no sacks. They controlled him. And this offensive line has been, you know, they've struggled a little bit. They've had guys in and out of games. But, boy, did they play well yesterday against a really, really, you know, Tough yeah. defensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think they, I don't think he got sacked yesterday. No sacks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a complete performance by a makeshift Texans offensive line. And yeah, the defense was great. It was, it was all great for the Texans. And oh man, Steelers radio was talking about the draft after the game. That's when you know it's bad. You're four games into the season and your post game show is already spending time talking about next year's draft. Uh, that's the confidence level right now in the Steel City after they got shellacked by the Texans. So no playmakers for them. They got no playmakers, BK. They have no wide receiver playmakers. And the guy, uh, uh-huh. what is Pickens? Is that his name? Yeah. He he didn't do anything really yesterday. I mean that they're getting after those guys. I mean they need they need some playmakers in Pittsburgh. They need a quarterback, dude. Yeah, particularly the quarterback, yes. yeah. They've, they've got some playmakers. Now, they don't have the most explosive offense in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but they've got enough to where they should be able to do more than what they're doing. Yeah, they're and, not going to be happy. They're, they're going to lose their offensive coordinator. I mean, Molson, Canadian Ale, is not going to be there very much longer. You know, Coach oh, Canada. Oh, I mean, Matt I, Canada? Yeah, I don't <laughs> see that. I don't see Molson in there very long. Uh, Timmy Horton's calling the plays up there. Somebody's going to have to be able to make the plays, make the play calls. They got nothing going. They are so boring. Yeah. How about this for the Texans? Their next four games, they get to take the trip down the NFC South, which might be the worst division in football. So it's Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks. You got to buy in the middle of that, by the way. But like those are four winnable games. Well, except Texans. for that one, that last one, because Baker, Baker, moneymaker is getting it done for Tampa Bay right now. Oh, you're a Baker guy? I'm a Baker, Baker, moneymaker, making me that money, as he's doing with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, nice win by them over the Saints yesterday. I thought the Saints were going to be a little bit better than they have been. I think the Saints are going to fool you. I mean, wherever Derek Carr goes, even when he's not playing, it's not good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the Texans. Pretty good sports day for the city of Houston with the Astros also winning the American League West. Way to go, Rangers. Ah, it didn't happen. There, Rangers. <laughs> Come guys, on. All they had to do was <laughs> win one game yesterday, and they would have won the American League West, and they couldn't get it done. The Astros took care of their business in Arizona, sweeping the D-bag. So uh, eh, all, all is right. All is normal in the baseball world. The Astros found a way to win the American League West again. They've won it in every full season 
since 2017. It took them until game 162 to get the job done this year, but they got it done. So combining you still that. You got to be with happy with Commander Bochi, though. You really still have to be happy with his year. I mean, no? like the, the Rangers were better than anyone thought. They're still in the playoffs. They had a I think right. 22 win improvement over last season, but. Uh, you know what they did, Buck? They they did something to piss off the baseball gods. Did they no. do something? Did they do something to make that guy mad? No, that guy is not relevant. He's right. very relevant. Have you seen his new commercials? When he's trying to get home to his lovely wife and his two little daughters, and instead yeah. of since he can't fly, he decides to drive the Cadillac Escalade and make it home to his family, driving that covert Escalade to get to his family. He doesn't just sit there and wait it out and wait for the next plane, he gets in the ride and ride home. He'll ride home to his kids. That's what kind of leader number two is. Are they playing anywhere this year? Is it officially over? It won't be over until the playoffs actually start tomorrow. It's over. There's still hope. They may need a substitute team. No. Well, it wouldn't be the Yankees who are the substitute team (laughs) because they weren't even close to making the playoffs. Substitute team. My God. Uh, yeah, nice. Good shout out to Covert B Cave there. Absolutely love them. Love those folks out there. They yeah, had it all. They got the Cadillacs, the GMCs. They've got uh, Buicks, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram out there available for you. Forty-two acres of beauty, beautiful facility out there in Covert B Caves. Go to B, go to covertbcaves.com to find out more information. They've been doing it since 1909, and folks. Don't forget, they have Covert Ford and Chevy out in Hutto and Covert Lincoln Ford in Austin. Nobody beats that Covert deal. Not now, not ever. And thank you to those guys. We had a great pregame show. We missed you uh, on Saturday. But the meet and greet was magnificent. And thanks for all the folks that showed up to see Derek Johnson once again. What an outstanding young man. I love to have that guy come speak every week and talk to folks. Great dude. Obviously a great player, but an even better guy as well. Yeah. And yeah, that was a lot of fun having DJ out there with us at Covert B Cave. So where the Rangers screwed up, just left everyone on a cliffhanger because you brought out your little action figure. My figurine. I brought figure the figurine little, little out too old. Probably like 60 years too old to have one of those, <laughs> but whatever. So the Rangers, they beat the Mariners on Saturday in the penultimate game. And with that win, they clinched a playoff spot. So they celebrated in the locker room, popped champagne, went nuts because, hey, big deal. Rangers hadn't played in the playoffs since 2016, so a big deal to get there. But they obviously hadn't won the division. They still needed one more win or an Astros loss. Well, the Astros, they weren't going to lose because they're always clutch and they step up when they need to step up. So the Rangers needed to go out there yesterday and beat Seattle one more time. Seattle was eliminated. They had nothing to play for. The Rangers had everything to play for, a division title, a first-round bye, the two-seed in the American League. And not only do the Rangers lose, they get shut out. They lose one to nothing. One yesterday. to nothing. They couldn't take, bring a run across. They couldn't bring two across the plate. The baseball gods, man, they don't look kindly on shit like that. Now, I figured a Bruce Bochy-led team, you know, because Bochy's won three World Series. He's a Hall of Fame manager. I figured he'd be like, hey, we're not celebrating until we win the division, boys. Like the job's not shaking up the bubbly himself, too. Come on now. The Astros also clinched a playoff spot on Saturday, second to last day of the year. They had one bottle of champagne that they just like passed around the locker room. That was their celebration because they swigs, just getting swigs with each other. Yeah, they're like, well, we can still win the division tomorrow. So let's not let's not go over the top. Let's just whatever. Hey, this is cool. We're in the playoffs. Great. But uh, job's not finished, as Kobe would say. Job's not finished. And the Rangers acted like the job was finished. The Astros 
Come on. Champs. Jake's saying, yeah, they look hung they looked hung over yesterday, Jake. They shouldn't have, they shouldn't have celebrated the way that they did. Hell, they should have just won the freaking game yesterday. But they they obviously opened that up to be a storyline by the way they acted on Saturday night. So um yeah, congrats to the Astros. They get the first round by. They need it because their their pitching staff is uh everyone's pitching staff at this point in the year is exhausted. The Astros get the advantage, and the Rangers will have to play in Tampa. They'll have to win two of three. Uh, against the Rays on the road at the Trop. First game is tomorrow, and I think it's the first game of the MLB playoffs. I think it's like 2 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon at the Trop. So we'll see if the uh, the Rangers can bounce back. But, uh, boy, it feels like a golden opportunity that they squandered on the last day of the regular season. What are we, right, looking, at? What are we looking at in the National League? Who's who's in? Yeah. Did, the cards, did the cards, BK, did they end up making it? They're, they were done, right? No, they were asked this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, I'll give you the, the MLB playoff picture, the two top seeds in the NL, the Braves and the Dodgers, they get yes. the first round buys. They were the of best course. two all year long. Uh, the Dodgers won the NL central. They're the three seed, the three wild card teams, the Phillies, who of course made it to the world series last year, the Marlins. Oh, cheater leaves. And all of a sudden the Marlins are good. What is that? What just went on? Really? How could that be? What amazing. The Marlins who couldn't win anything with Jeta in charge. Now they're in the playoffs. He doesn't like the, uh, ownership roles. He wants to be a part. He wants to wear the uniform. Look, when he's wearing the uniform, see number two, when he's got the uniform on, he's fantastic. When he's just in a suit and all that stuff and making executive kind of money, that's not him. He's a man of the people. He wants to get down and get his uni dirty. He's a man of the people. He wants to lose the people a bunch of games. That's that's what he was doing in Miami. And then Arizona, the team the Astros swept, it didn't matter because the Cubs decided they didn't want to win any more games in the last week of the season. Uh, the D-bags get in as the sixth seed in the NL. And then the AL, the Orioles, the one seed, the best oh. record in the AL. Yeah, sorry about that, Buck. Uh, the Astros get the two seed and the other first round by in the American League. The Twins win the AL Central. They will play the Blue Jays in their first round matchup. And once again, the Rangers and the Rays from Tampa Bay. Uh, it's two of three. All three games in Tampa. All three games at 2.08 Central time. Sorry about that if you work. Good night. That's uh, as uh, my guy Seth in the comments says, yeah, 2.08 weekday playoff games is criminal by Major League Baseball. It's like they don't want games going on at the same time, so they space them out over the course of the day. But, you know, Baseball Buck does a really good job of making sure people can't watch baseball. Makes no yeah. sense to me. Well, that's when I was – as I was a kid listening to the – when the Orioles used to play in the playoffs all the time, when I had that transistor radio underneath my, my little Catholic school shirt and tie, and I'd run that earpiece up through my ear and into my – you know, from the back of my head into my ear as I was – in history class at the Catholic school and listen to the playoffs transistor radio BK. That's right. Transistor radio in my side pocket. That was great. Transgender radio. No transistor radio, not trans trans. And I, nothing to do with transgender transient global amnesia a couple of weeks ago, not transgender anything. Right. No, that's well, not you got what a problem with. You. you got a problem with transgender. I don't folks? know. I don't know. I haven't, I'm not saying that that's, that's on you. You want to do that thing? You want to change those spots and those parts? That's on you, not me. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you do whatever you want. You go right ahead. Oh, man. But no, I wasn't making any changes. It's just something that happened. But as I'm drinking my water at all times now, 
There you my go. Ollie, my, having my Olipop instead of Coca-Cola's, things are good for me. Get you that water break. Come on, man. Always a good thing. Always a good I, thing. I do not like water. It's uh, it's really good. I don't know how it you really, don't. I mean, really, is water really good or is yeah. it just good for you? Water's lucky, not man. good. I've never heard anybody say, you know what? I really like this water. No. Now you're, now you you're hearing me it. say it. Okay, it is? Yeah. Yeah, I love it, dude. I'm lucky because, like, it's just happenstance, you know? Uh, some people hate water, so they avoid drinking it, and it's not good for you. I, I think you water is, with amnesia if you don't. Yeah, and water's the best. I'm I'm fortunate. I drink it all the time. Uh, you know who drank a lot of water yesterday? Were your Dallas Cowboys. They don't mess around. How about they were that? Pretty hydrated yesterday. You know, like, we're, we're so prisoner of the moment, especially with sports. And we saw that on full display after the Cowboys lost to Arizona last year. Absolutely. Weekend, right? Get rid of the Cowboys again. Yeah. yeah the they, you know, they, they got punked. Like they got beat pretty handily by the worst team in football, some would say, last week. And everyone's like, oh, wow, you're an idiot. You bought into the Cowboys because of what they did in the first two weeks. Same old Cowboys. They suck. Dude, they just handed the greatest coach in NFL history his worst. Lost. Now, I know the Patriots now aren't the Patriots of old. I understand that, but come on, man. What a performance by the Cowboys. They heard a lot of people talking after what happened last week. And, hey, they deserve to get dunked on after what happened last week. But sure. if you jumped off the Cowboys bandwagon and are like, now nah, this is not a good football team and they're nowhere close to the best teams in the NFC, ridiculous. They, they showed you how good they could be. Dak with the big-time bounce back. He was spectacular yesterday. The defense, a couple of more touchdowns. They turned it on. Mac Jones got benched in that one yesterday. I mean, it was just a complete annihilation by the Cowboys against New England at Jerry World yesterday. And how about your soccer guy? He made a couple field goals, too. And he's the, the walk-on soccer player. Yeah. You like that, dude. Hey, he's been good. He missed that uh, first extra point of the season. But since then, he's been damn near perfect for the Cowboys. So, yeah, that's that was an impressive showing. Now, the Cowboys play at San Francisco on Sunday night. So we'll, we'll really learn how close the Cowboys are to the top two teams in the NFC. I think most people agree Philly and San Francisco are the top two teams in the conference. We'll really oh, learn yeah. they're, how they're good Dallas against... is on Sunday. But, dude, that was – I mean, come on, man. What a what a big-time showing. Yeah, that was a big-time showing. And, boy, they've got a – sometimes this, this team, this Cowboys team, has got to really – help Micah Parsons not get Micah Parsons hurt. Somebody, somebody needs to let him know. He's way too valuable. I mean, he was legitimately had a bad ankle in that game and wouldn't come out of the game, BK. He would go to the sidelines. He'd get taped up. He'd get retaped. He'd run around a little bit. And obviously, he was still limping. But that dude just loves to play football. I, I got it. But he's way too important to the Dallas Cowboys for them, you know, in a game that they're winning, for him to be in the game late. He was in the game late yeah. again yesterday. I'm like, dude. Get yourself somebody save this guy from himself. I know he likes the game. I know all that. You know, we we, we need more guys like this guy. But for the Dallas Cowboys, they, they can't, they they can't, they're not going anywhere without him. They're already stuck enough without the cornerback. They lose this guy because he doesn't want to come out of games. It's ridiculous. I mean, this is where you know Dr. Quinn needs to be up there and say to him, go sit down, Micah. Please sit down. We don't we don't need you to get hurt. We we can't have that. Dr. Quinn. Quinn Ewers? Yeah. No, the, the defensive coordinator. Oh, Dan Quinn. Yeah. I mean, oh, he's, somebody, he's a doctor now? He's also a doctor. Somebody needs to talk to him about talking to Micah Parsons and saying, listen, 
love your effort, love what you're all about in the game, but okay there, Jim Thorpe, go sit down. I mean, really. I guess that's some good news for the Cowboys is that the defense did what it did without Micah Parsons being a total game wrecker. Right. Like he didn't he didn't have a sack yesterday. Now he was good. Don't don't fall for just the box score. If someone oh, says no. Micah Parsons had a bad day yesterday, no, when he was on the field, he was still Micah Parsons. But yeah, the Cowboys defense scoring a couple of touchdowns and holding New England to three points without Micah Parsons having like an all-world type of performance uh, just shows you that now this defense, even without Trayvon Diggs, is still really, really talented. And, uh, yeah, man, that was fun to watch. Stress-free Cowboys games. They don't happen yeah, that often. You're right. We, we, uh, we got one. And then good for Dak. You know, only one touchdown. Didn't have the best fantasy football day, but he was incredibly efficient, man. He was just dropping dimes left and right in that one. And, uh, yeah, he took some flack, deservedly so, from the performance in the desert last Sunday. He uh, showed up and showed out this Sunday. So, you know who really yeah. showed up was Turd Ferguson. I mean, he was special. Turd Ferguson. The tight end. I thought Turd Ferguson was really, really good okay. what's, on what's Sunday. Your, what's your infatuation with shit today? I mean, you're, <laughs> you're calling C.J. Baxter a sack of shit. Now you're calling Jake Ferguson, the Cowboys tight end, Turd Ferguson. What's going on over there? I Yes, I'm I'm into my bowels, I guess. this this Not my bowels, but my bowels a little bit this morning. But, boy, he played well yesterday. Yeah. And Dak found him, and he made some really nice catches. Catch and run. I mean, he was good yesterday. That was good to see. Yep, it was. It was. Yeah, that was a little bit of a question for the Cowboys, right? They let Dalton Schultz go in free agency. Of yes. Course, to the Texans. Uh, Dalton Schultz was obviously pretty productive. The Cowboys spent a second-round pick on a tight end. Uh, they also still have Ferguson, and they also have um, – Spoon Garden or whatever. Well, Schoonmaker was the tight end they took. Who's who's the uh, who's the other tight end that they have? Other wide guy. Is that to do from like Utah or something? I don't know. Someone will someone will say it in the uh, in the comments. But yeah, no, all three of those guys, you know, they're stepping up, they're making some plays, and it's cool to have that rotation in that tight end room for the Cowboys. It really is. That is a nice rotation they have going because all those yep. guys are starting to make plays. And then shot. There it is. Hinder shot. Yeah. Yep. 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 So Cowboys get the win. Uh, they are three and one. And once again, next Sunday night. Oh, Sunday night. I don't know about that. I'm. I'm. I'm it's early, but. Come on. I'm not I'm not quite there yet. I mean, because with me singing or with uh, the Cowboys beating I'm definitely the not good with you singing, but Cowboys about like to go Jerry. they're about to go against the MVP of the league right now. Jewish Jewish McCaffrey. Oh, he is awesome. Yeah. That guy no is down. unbelievable. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Four yeah, TDs yesterday. He made it look easy. That's yep. what you're supposed to do. What they did is what you're supposed to do to the Cardinals. Yeah. No, the Just Niners are that group. Yep, the two 4-0 teams in the NFL, the Niners and the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles obviously got their job done uh, a couple of days ago. And then the, um, yeah, the 49ers taking care of Arizona, thanks to Christian McCaffrey just jumping over people. He's pretty freaking good, isn't he? He He's is. How about that? those good. hurdle moves? I mean, four TDs. He looks like the MVP right now. That's not Patty Mahomes sliding at the one. That guy. Come on. Uh, you're trying to get the MVP also, Mahomes. Why are you sliding? Why aren't you cutting back? You're fantastic one-on-one -on -one versus players. Make that cut. Get in yeah. there. My fantasy team needed that, and so did my wallet. How many how many parlays did you uh, two. lose? Because two, of that <laughs> dude. Uh, by mean, the way, really? by the way, everyone keeps saying that um, 
Derek Jeter drives a Jeep, not a Cadillac. Yeah, it's Jeep Wagoneer. Sorry about that. You can get Jeep. a Jeep at Covert. They got you. Yeah, Jeep Wagoneer it is. Absolutely. Some, some Jeter fan you are. You don't even know what kind of car he drives? Yeah, Yikes. he used to drive that Caddy, but now he's in the Jeeps now. He's into yeah. the Jeep deal. Shout out to the texters. 512-222-9328. If you're listening on the app and you want to chime in, you can do so. 512-222-9328. Once again, BK, thank you to our, our good travel partners, Austin Duck Adventures, uh, Comanche Concrete, and of course, Hayes City Store. Thank you, guys. We do appreciate it. And as I said, we're always looking for travel partners because we're going to all the big events. We're not going to say, oh, we can't afford, we can't go. The stations, we're not making any money. How can we possibly go anywhere? We can't give you the best coverage of all big sports events. We don't have any cash available. We've got rent on layaway. We're not doing that stuff. We're going. We're going to be there. You know? And yep. thank you to you travel partners because we're going to be there. And we're going to be giving you hours upon hours of coverage at the big events, like going up to Dallas for a very important football game. There'll be others that'll be probably at home doing stuff, but we'll be up there right there in the fairground so that you can hear us. We'll be downtown Dallas at the bars. BK will be laying underneath the bar somewhere. Yeehaw. Here we go. We're coming up to Dallas this week. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And thanks to our great travel partners for making that happen. And thanks to all of our great sponsors. And how about, a recorded spot from our guy Tom McKay in the team at Audio Visual Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audio Visual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Oh man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audio Visual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video walls. And home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. Thank you very much, Tom McKay and Camilla. appreciate that. Hey, a uh, little public service announcement, uh, BK. Tomorrow night over at Ridge Church, that's the big church off of Cornavaca, the big one. I call yeah. it the big church. Uh, there is a, a men's warrior night. And you know who the speaker is tomorrow night? Joe Gibbs. Whoa. Absolutely fabulous. And, and I'll say this. I, I know I like to give tips for kids, but I give tips for dads. If you've got you want, If you want to bring your – you you can bring your wife, obviously, but if, if you if you want to bring your daughters or your sons over to Warrior Night over there and listen to Joe Gibbs, you're talking about an inspirational speaker, a man of God. I mean, a, 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 he does it all. He is you're talking about a success story. Joe Gibbs from Super Bowl champs to NASCAR king, you know, owner. This guy, I've heard Joe Gibbs speak. He is fabulous, and he will be at the Ridge, uh, the big church there in Cornavaca tomorrow night speaking. It's Men Warriors Night. It's for free. Wow. It is for free. He is, he's a spectacular speaker. I, like I said, I, I've listened to Joe Gibbs uh, speak, and it was well worth it. And I got up at 7 o'clock. Oh, it is men's only. Men's, oh, oh okay. So it's I had my bar mitzvah so I could go? 
Yeah, you've had your stuff. You can you can actually go. Even though so, I'm Jewish, they'll let me in. They'll let you in. They're going to check and see if everything's done the proper way, though. Except Austin, Ridge, Austin Ridge, the big church on Cornavaca. You got to go over there. Joe Gibbs is a spectacular speaker, man. I like I said, I got up at seven o'clock in the morning for a breakfast to go see that dude speak, and he was magnificent. He really is. He has a great message, great success story, Joe Gibbs. So that NASCAR, is tomorrow night. Didn't win any Super Bowls. I don't acknowledge those, but uh, big time NASCAR owner, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. That's awesome. That's a great get. Sounds like a uh, really really fun event. Shout out to them, and uh, yeah, get out there tomorrow night if you can make it. Um, also a shout out to great blue hair and furniture. Oh yeah. This stuff is freaking beautiful, man. If you're looking for a nice piece of furniture, look no further than great blue hair and furniture. I'm not talking about for your kids going off to college. I'm talking about for your home, a piece that is going to last you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For decades, that whenever somebody walks into your home, is going to be like, Holy shit, where did you get that? That's that's what you're going to get with Great Blue Heron Furniture. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional western to modern farmhouses. You see a little bit of that couch that that doggo is sitting on on the top right portion of your screen. You can click the link. There's a link in the video description below. If you're watching on YouTube, it will take you directly to the Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection over there at Great Blue Heron Furniture. Yeah, that's right. We're moving up in the world. We've got our own furniture collection. Just take nice. a look at this stuff. I'm telling you, you cannot, you will not find more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere out there. And oh, by the way, if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off. That's right. Just type in HOOKEM when you're checking out. 15% off your purchase. I'm telling you, I, I swear by the folks who put this stuff together, the lead manufacturer, Hell, his two sons have already commented this morning. They're two of my best friends in the world. The dad's, I call him dad. Like, he's hes always been there for me. This family's incredible. I swear by this company. And uh, once again, if you are looking for a great piece of furniture, look no further than greatblueheronfurniture.com. Click the link in the description below and uh, take a look and get you something that's uh, going to make Everyone fall in love with your house and you're going to fall in love even more with your house. If you have a nice couch or a nice chair or anything from great blue hair and furniture.com. Great. And you know, the thing about it is, you know, probably a year or two from now, somebody's going to probably come up to you after this wedding this weekend and say, Hey dad, how are you? You know, party, 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 party. We're in the clear (laughs) on this one. We were in the clear on this one. Hello, dad. I think, uh, I think I could count on, one hand the amount of single people who are at this wedding on Saturday. Friends. Like not not guys and girls, like total. Total, total. Well, that's a good thing. That was good. That was yeah. a good gathering. Sounds like you guys had a great time. Oh, yeah. It was you and your mayhem with your little hand with your phone like this looking while the ceremony's going on. Yeah. No, I was <laughs> good. I couldn't because I was up, I was up there. I was in the wedding. 
So I was standing up. Oh, you were standing up there? Yeah, I couldn't be. Oh, and it was outside too. A little, little toasty. Always that. Yeah, kind of is early yeah. October. It gets a little warm around here. Yeah. Still, Thankfully, still it was like a 10 minute ceremony, though. That's what we're looking for, right? Short ceremony, get the vows, get the I do's, get the kiss out of the way. And then let's let's get to the real reason why we're here. All right. Like these wonderful pastors are doing for Sundays and some of the rabbis are doing when it's time for football. They have the, the quickie in and out. They don't go long version. They understand there's football to be played. Yep. And seen, right? I like that. that. They took care of it. They took yeah. care of it. All right. Let's get back into uh Texas and Kansas. Uh, of course, we spent the first 40 minutes or so talking about the Longhorns and Jayhawks. Uh, but we wanted to get to some of the other big college and NFL games from the weekend, but uh, back to the Longhorns and the Jayhawks. And let's hear from Sark because, you know, a a new element to this Texas offense this year, but really more as of late than over the course of the entirety of the year has been Quinn Ewers' legs. Like this guy, you know, he shed 20 pounds in the off season. Everybody knew about that. Obviously cut the hair, but went through that full body transformation as well. And early on, it was like, he doesn't really look like he's any fleet of, fleeter of foot like he kind of looks like that pocket passer that he was last year and I don't know if he really has much of a running element to his game well uh that has changed a couple of rushing touchdowns against Kansas had one last week hell had the 30 yard touchdown run which was the longest run of his career I mean all of a sudden Texas has a little bit of something different with this offense here's Steve Sarkeesian talking about Quinn using his legs a little bit more. I think that he's gaining confidence too he's figuring out man maybe I'm a little faster than than I thought uh, last week probably helped on that. Uh, but that's an added weapon because now that affects coverages, right? That affects how do you cover us. Uh, if you're going to play a man, man principles, and you're going to turn your back and try to double receivers, who has the quarterback? And so now that, that puts an onus on the defensive line and the rush patterns because now maybe they're not rushing as hard because they don't want to give him those running lanes to take off on third down. Uh, and in turn, now we can hold the ball a little longer and wait for some of those routes to open up. So I thought he used his legs really effectively tonight, had a couple big third down scrambles. Obviously, the touchdown run uh, was the biggest one of them all. Uh, and then even there at the goal line uh, with the keeper out the back door. So, uh, again, it's just another added weapon. It's, it's, uh, it's adding to the versatility of who we are offensively. Yeah, I don't need that keeper in the corner, though, Coach. No, you can keep that. That that doesn't that didn't need that didn't need to happen. The game was well in hand, but you know what? Uh, all gas, no breaks. I mean, that's yeah. as, as we've been saying in the beginning of the season. Score every opportunity you get it. So I can't say one time score every opportunity you get, and then the other time slide like Patrick Mahomes and fall down. I mean, I that was that that was you know that wasn't just a little hit he took. I mean, he fell weird on his body there. I mean, anything could have happened. It didn't happen. So I'm going to move on, but that didn't need to happen. That didn't need to be. You had the game. The game was already done. Yeah. The, the good news about that play is that's one more thing Oklahoma has to think about, right? Because 99 times out of 100, and until that play, it felt like 100 times out of 100, Quinn Ewers was just handing the ball off to Jonathan Brooks in that spot. Yes. But now, oh, well, we got to be a little cautious that oh, maybe he actually kept the ball and he's going to be waltzing into the end zone on the other side of the field. Like in that spot, a little scary. Obviously, you never want Quinn Ewers getting hurt. Yeah. You really yeah, don't want he him didn't, getting he hurt. Didn't, he didn't waltz in there. He went like a yeah. like a P 
Panzer tank going down in the corner there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, you put that on film, and it's just one more thing for Brent Venables in, in Oklahoma to have to uh, think about defending. Uh, but, yeah, look, just Quinn Ewers in general, being able to run the football. Like, he's not going to confuse anybody for Lamar Jackson or, hell, Jalen Daniels or whatever. But the fact that he can take off and pick up yards with his legs is big. And Sark talked about it. Like, that changes coverages. You play man coverage against Texas. Well, you've got your back turned to the quarterback because you're following yes. the receiver around. All of a sudden, if you do that, Quinn sees some green grass in front of him. He's going to take off, and he can make you pay because of that. So I didn't know he really had the ability to do that because he didn't showcase it. But, hey, maybe Sark's right. Maybe Quinn is a little bit faster than he thought. He's certainly faster than I thought. I didn't expect we'd see one kind of long touchdown run from Quinn Ewers, and we've seen him in the first two conference games of the season. So he's got a little something-something there. Yeah, is that and, his uh, yeah. fourth touchdown as a runner? That's like his fourth touchdown. He's, got, he's had two close in close where he's kept and, and found a way to make a guy miss and fall into the end zone. I think that's got to be his fourth touchdown now. It might be five. Wow. I, uh, let me let me check. Let me pull this one up real quick. But yeah, yeah I mean, not a lot of quarterbacks have five rushing TDs. No, no. And that's uh, the versatility of this offense too, right? Like Xavier Worthy had a really good day, but seeing A.D. Mitchell do what he did once J.T. Sanders went down with an injury, like th th this offense just has a number of different ways to be. You're going to see a lot of that from A.D. Mitchell. That is, that's Quinn Yor's guy right now. Yeah. He's his guy because he understands that he doesn't, like, like I said, he doesn't have to be perfect throwing him the ball. He can throw a knuckler. He can throw it low, outside, high. That kid just goes and gets it. Yeah, it is five rushing touchdowns for Quinn. But you're right, wow. like Adonai Mitchell, that was a career game for him. Now, we saw flashes of greatness from him at Georgia, but I think that was his first 100-yard receiving game of his career. Yeah, mm -hmm. career, career high in receptions, career high in receiving yards. And, yeah, the first time that Adonai Mitchell has ever gone for over 100 receiving yards. So, yeah, I mean, that's – this is fun, man. This really is a lot of fun. And when this Texas offense is firing on all cylinders like it was for the second half yesterday, uh, Saturday, excuse me, uh, then they are really, really tough to stop. And I don't know if there's anybody in the country who can beat them. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. This passing game, hell, it was just a, a complete performance. You go for 660 to, uh, yards of total offense. You get 300-plus on the ground. You get 300-plus in the air. Hard to complain too much about anything. It was uh, it was quite the show for Texas, and they finally cracked 40. That's uh, it, it had taken longer than I wanted it to. I was hoping they were going to average 40 points per game this season. I guess that technically still could happen, uh, but you know it hasn't happened. Obviously, the rule change is not helping too much sure. in that front, but uh, they finally were able to get to 40 points, and yeah, just opening up a can on that Kansas defense in the second half to really put things out of reach. By the way, that's a good Kansas football team. They really are. That's not just – I mean, nobody nobody wants to play that group on Saturdays. That's not going to be fun for anybody that has to play them, especially if they get their – if their starting quarterback comes back. They can be a problem. And yeah. their wide receivers decide that they, they'll catch the balls that hit them in the hands. You know, I guess everybody has that – has a day like that. But that hurt them. That hurt them on Saturday. When you got your backup in and your wide receivers aren't making the catches that you have to, that's where it really, really stings because – They've got they've got nice schemes offensively. That first run, that first option down the side, I was going that twenty six yard run. I was like, oh my god, yeah. is this what we're in for today with this running back and this damn quarterback? You got to be kidding me! They couldn't play that any better, you know. They and they struggled a couple times with that option. So this is a this is a team that's going to be hard to deal with 
for everybody in the Big 12. I saw this stat from Nash Talk Texas, uh, Nash Talks Texas, excuse me, another YouTuber here talking Longhorn football. And as a guy who's a fan of ours who pops into the chat from time to time, uh, how about this crazy run defense stat for Texas? Because you're right. I mean, the first play of the game for Kansas was that 26-yard triple option play, and it's like, oh, right. like this, this could get a little scary. This is weird. Opponents on the first three drives of the game for them are averaging four and a half yards a carry on every other drive after that. So the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever, offensive possession for the other team, they're only averaging two and a half yards a carry. And I've so said this like, every pregame. I said every pregame, BK, I've said everybody's going to try to run against Texas. They want to find out how long they can sustain that defense against the run. And they will try it. Like you said, they'll go into that fifth, sixth, seventh drive still trying to run the ball. Now, the Texas defense starts to bring them in, starts to lasso them and bring them back in a little bit. But they don't stop. They want to know if Texas is in it for the long haul. And so far, they have. Like you said, once you get to about that fourth or fifth drive, they start to get. They start to bring it down a little bit. You're not averaging the kind of yards you're doing those first two. Yeah, they got to yeah. try to find a way to stuff that stuff early. We talked about it all off season long. Just how the defensive line was the strength of this team, and how not only did they have high end talent, but they had elite depth. And you're seeing yes. that, and you are absolutely seeing that on full display. So it's a personnel thing. Obviously, the players deserve a lot of credit. Uh, Sark and the coaching staff deserve a lot of credit on the recruiting trail for bringing all of those dudes in. But also, PK, I think there's adjustments going on, too. Like, he he realizes that, all right, now here's how this team is trying to run the football against us. Here's what I need to do. Here's what I need to call to make sure that, hey, the success that they're having on early drives against us isn't translating over the course of four quarters. It's, you know, a lot of credit deserves to be handed out for this Texas run defense, what they did on Saturday, but really what they've done all season long. You know, I did see – I saw David Bender struggle a little bit on Saturday with the, with the option, the, mis, the misdirection and stuff where we thought originally he would because he's, you know, he's kind of a bulky guy. Now he's been playing better. He's been going sideline. He didn't show up as much on film this week. That little bit of misdirection got him going one way, BK, where he couldn't rally go back the other way with the option. So mm-hmm. that he's still a work in progress, you know, as a linebacker. So they got to continue to continue to work with him on that and get some of the younger guys ready to play too. Yeah, yeah. Good to see uh, Mo Blackwell out there a little oh, yeah. bit more, right? He played some against Baylor, but uh, obviously his role continues to increase right. as he gets healthier and healthier. So, yeah, look, you, you keep giving up 14 points or less, man. Like, oh, yeah. You, you, you should be winning every single football game. It's going to be tougher because I, I assume you're going to be playing a starting quarterback this Saturday, right? Dylan Gabriel's healthy. No, 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 you know, and I said it, man. I'm not giving myself credit because I obviously thought Jalen Daniels would play. And from a viewing perspective, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to watch Jalen Daniels because he is a fun watch. Now, obviously, you felt better about Texas's chances to win and cover once you saw Jason Bean go out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jalen Daniels is, is a special talent. A little disappointed that he didn't get to play. I did say that he's been nursing a back injury. He missed the first game of the season with the back injury, and, like, every time he took a hit, that he was, like, grimacing and reaching for that back. And I was like, that could be a factor. Like, if Texas is able to land a hit on Jalen Daniels, then he, he might have to leave the game. Well, he he didn't even play. Uh, you know, right, he would have left that game if Catalan would have got to him the way he yeah. was playing. And we need that this week against Dylan Gabriel because that guy, if he if you tackle him, he will come up and get in your face like, hey, you were lucky to make that tackle. So hmm. I don't want to see a kid get hurt. 
but somebody needs to crack him pretty hard and let him understand that it's going to be a long day when he takes off and runs with the football or when he's in that pocket. This is, this is that game you play to the echo or the whist of the whistle or a, a little bit past that echo. So somebody needs to put that dude in his place quick in this game on Saturday because he is a shit talker now. He will yeah. get in your face just on a regular run where he runs and he's okay. He doesn't make a big play, but he, you know, he shakes a little bit. You bring him down to the ground. And he gets up talking into your face. That's not going to go good with Catalan, I don't believe. Well, real quick, back to my Kansas thought, and this might be Texas fan hubris in me, but I do wonder if if Lance Leipold and the Kansas staff were like, man, I, even if we do have a fully healthy Jalen Daniels, we might not be good enough to win this game. And especially if he's not 100%, which it was clear and obvious that he wasn't going to be 100% if he did right. try to play on Saturday. They might have been like, this team's too good. And hey, we, we can lose this game. We've got other important games later sure. this season. We can lose this and still maybe make it to the Big 12 championship game. Like They might have just been like, ah, against Texas, there's no point. Against that defense, there's no point in risking further injury. Let's just keep this guy out for, for this game. And that might be just another testament well, to what type of team Texas has this year. Well, they talked a lot on, on the broadcast about the fact that he just couldn't get loosened up. He was just stiff, and he was in the locker room trying to get loosened up before the game. And then again at halftime, they were trying to loosen him up, and it just didn't work. I mean, having a bad back, believe me, is is no fun. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it and if that that thing's not going to get any better, you know, by you going in the game and having somebody slap you in the back, especially when it's not loose at, at, at all. And he never got loose. Like I'm loose right now because of relax the back there for sure. Is. I'm in my relax the back chair right now, folks. I've got my road chair. I picked it up on Saturday. And I will have a roadie, that's right, a roadie chair to take with me, bringing that to, to Dallas, Texas with me for the game. Relax the back. You know, they embrace a holistic approach for the healthier lifestyle based in 35 years of proven expertise, and my back couldn't be happier. Sitting in my relaxed the back chair now, and I will be this weekend. And all the places that will be this weekend, I'll have that relaxed the back roadie with me, and you can too. They've got stand-up desks because trailing the third. My doctor is needing a stand-up desk, so he's going to go by there and look at a stand-up desk. Yes, he wants to stand up and do the show, BK. But you can find everything that you need. Massage chairs, fitted, uh, of course, the, the pillows that are perfect for you. Anything that you need, you're going to find at Relax the Back. they got two locations in B-Caves at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Folks, live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back. Hey, and any snacks you ever need can be found at 7 11. Oh, yeah. You going out there today? I'm going to hit it today. Yes, I've got to get my Monday paper. There you go. Shout out to 7 Eleven. Our guy Ashish runs a few different 7 Elevens here in the Austin area. They've got the hot and cold drinks, they've got the pizza, the hot dogs, the taquitos, all of the snacks, all of the drinks, the gas for your car. They've got the hookup at 7. 11 and they're all over the state of texas they're all i grew up in dallas they're all over the metroplex so if you're going up there later this week and you're like i could go for a slurpee right now i could go come for on. a snickers bar i can go, go for, for another snickers, snickers. Bar. come on now now you can't you're not allowed to but well, i'm about to tear up a snickers bar today yes oh boy oh boy well 7-eleven they're the best make sure you download the 7-eleven app to cash in on that seven rewards program uh great stuff there but we love uh, the folks at 7 11 and we're thankful for their great partnership with us at texas sports unfiltered bk what, what what's going to happen now with the new england Patriots? is this it for bill belichick 
I said before the season started, this will be his final season. I mean, I, I still believe it is. I still believe uh, they're not – that defense is really outstanding, but that offense is just so bad. And I, I don't even know if they have a backup – their backup quarterback that they that – the, the kid from Texas that they like, that's yeah. not going to be good enough. And not in, that, not in the AFC. It's just not going to be good enough this year. Yeah, I don't know how patient Orchids of Asia Craft is going to be with Bill Belichick, which – it's crazy, right? Like you feel like that guy has earned himself a lifetime contract and he can coach for as long as he wants to coach. But there were some rumblings in the offseason uh, about Bob Kraft not being thrilled about last year. Right. And just the last couple of years, right? I mean, once Tom Brady left, Brady went to Tampa Bay. They went a Super Bowl right away. And then the Patriots uh, just have been pretty average. They made the playoffs in one year, but the other couple of years, not so great. And yeah, it just reports that, Kraft was getting a little antsy and was considering maybe doing something if the Patriots didn't have a great year. Well, they're one in three right now. They're in one of the best divisions in all of football, and it feels like, um, yeah, they're not going to be a playoff team once again this season. So, yeah, we might see. They'll probably call it mutual. Like, I don't, I don't yes. think they're going to just flat out fire Bill Belichick. No, but, oh no, it'll, they'll oh, never do that that way. Well, they will, but yeah, they won't word it like that. So, yeah, there, there's a chance that if the Patriots continue to look like they looked yesterday and if they are a sub 500 team that doesn't play in the postseason then they could uh they could move on from the greatest nfl coach of my lifetime and i would argue oh, yeah. the greatest nfl coach of anyone's lifetime yeah that's that is going to be that that will be that will be a difficult decision by all parties but bill belichick is getting very frustrated in what he's seeing and especially on that offensive side because like i said that guy can still coach defense but offensively there's nothing and of course, Bill O'Brien's not going to make it happen for him. Yeah, yikes! That's uh, that's tough. You know, your your job is on the line. Your seat's starting to warm up a little bit, and you think the best move is to get Bill O'Brien to come save your ass? No, yikes, yikes! And it's better than what they had last year. Oh yeah, for sure. The offensive coaching staff that was a joke with uh, Pencilier and Joe Judge making the calls there. But no, yeah, the Patriots are uh, are in some trouble when the Cowboys exposed. Uh, some of their flaws yesterday for it, sure. It is going to be a fun week to talk about this Texas-Oklahoma game, but this Cowboys-49ers game is going to be an awful lot of fun talking about too because can the Cowboys get it done? I mean, I I, I got to look at – and I think the Cowboys are going to have to see – I guarantee you Micah Parsons will not practice this week. That ankle – there's something going on with that ankle, BK. You don't tape, retape, watch him run around, and then watch him limp around but he just doesn't want to come out of football games. I, I mean, he's a warrior, but he's a crazy football player. I mean, you know, he's one of those, you know, Ray Nitschke uh, kind of, you know, kind of guys that just, hey, for his own good, he's, it's not like, no, 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 can I sit out a series? No, I can't sit out a play. I'm like, dude, they can win without you. They really can win without you. I mean, you're hurting the team when you keep demanding that you go in a game. And you're – I mean, I'm not saying – he, it, because he plays hurt. I mean, he can play that way. Yeah. But, dude, he's going to get to the point where he starts to try to play when he's injured. And that's going that's, that's not going to be good for the Dallas Cowboys. Somebody's going to have to protect him from himself. Yeah, he was clearly banged up yesterday. You talked about the ankle getting taped up a few different times during that game. He was limping off to the sideline a couple of different times during the course of that game. So, uh, yeah, he's not 100% right now. They'll probably limit him in practice if he practices at all. Uh, but, yeah, they need him. I mean – Look, the, the big issue for the Cowboys against the Niners in the last two playoff games 
is not the Cowboys' defense. Like the Niners scored 19 points in the playoff loss in January. They held Brock Purdy in check. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey didn't go off by any stretch of the imagination. Like you should win every game in the NFL when you're holding your opponent under 20. Problem for the Cowboys against the Niners is they haven't figured out the Niners' defense. And Dak has struggled in both of those games. Just the Cowboys offense as a whole has struggled. And obviously Tony Pollard got hurt in the middle of that divisional round game last year. And the Cowboys just didn't didn't have enough juice or explosivity on offense to where they really had uh, much of a shot to do anything against D'Amico Ryan's defense. So, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys defense has been fine. Now, I'm not saying they they don't need Micah Parsons because they they need all hands on deck against one of the best teams in football. But uh, they've got to find a way to offensively move the ball and look they, they made a change like Kellen Moore got fired because they they right. couldn't score more than 12 against the Niners so Mike McCarthy it's been mostly good with this Cowboys offense last week stunk but the other three very strong offensive performances now obviously the toughest test yet going yeah, up this again. is the tester right here yes yep I yep, mean yep. if you if you watch the round the NFL and especially in the NFC I mean if you watch the Eagles they just know how to win now they've gotten to the point they're going to win. I mean, they had the the commanders, got them in overtime, just ridiculous. But, you know, watching Sam Howell throw against this, this secondary for uh, for the Eagles was had to be disheartening for Eagles fans to watch that. I mean, that guy kind of threw any place he wanted to, and they protected him well yesterday. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles still undefeated, haven't lost a game, so you can talk about them all you want. And, tell, and they'll say, well, they're not the Eagles of last year. Well, they're undefeated somehow. Yeah. Nobody's beat them so far, and they they still look good enough to to be the, the the conference champs, I believe. So, and for me, I think Jalen Hurts just will get better as the year goes on. He'll be more in tune to those wide receivers. But right now, they're not playing great football. No, but they're playing no. winning football. I mean, their their point differential is plus twenty eight. You look at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are plus eighty three, despite having a loss. And the Forty ers the other four and O team in the NFC, the other four and O team in the NFL, is at plus sixty seven. So. The Niners, to me, have been the best team in football this year. Uh, but like, if you're counting out Philly, if you're just assuming they're way worse than last year because they're not beating the brakes off of teams as much right. as they did last year, then I think you're wrong. It's still a very, very complete football team. And look, they had a lot of turnover player-wise, but also they lost both of their, co- uh, both of their coordinators. Excuse you're right. Me. So it's taken them a little bit of time to get into cruise control, but like they're they're four zero right now. Like even though they've not been quite as impressive it's you could NFL argue as they were last year. Yeah, they, they've they've won. There are no style points in this league. All that matters is that you get wins, and they've got nothing but wins to this point. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch next week. As I said, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun college football weekend again, and a and a great NFL weekend coming up, especially with the Cowboys. And now every week, I look forward to watching the Texans play. I watch. I look forward to seeing D'Amico Ryan's what he does because I'm looking at them defensively. And I'm going, how, are this, how is this group holding up defensively the teams? They haven't played anybody great, but physically standing up to the, the way they stood up yesterday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's offense or defense, that's it. that was a big win yesterday. Huge that's win. a huge win, you know? Yeah, huge win. Yep, first home win since 2021 for the Texans. But, yeah, that defense, you know, Lamar Jackson picked them apart, and then Gardner Minshew, once Richardson got hurt, like they couldn't stop those dudes, and it's like, uh-oh. Right. Um, last couple of weeks against the Jags in Jacksonville and then against the Steelers in H-Town, that defense, I mean, uh, everything looks much improved. So D'Amico making his mark, and you need players. You need a quarterback. 
Looks like the Texans have themselves one. With and how about Will Anderson's pickup and touchdown? How about Will Anderson? Yeah. Yes, he was good. He's a good player, man. He's a good player. All right, let's uh, let's end with some Texas football conversation. Quick shout-outs to a few more sponsors, though. SendTextTickets.com. If you need tickets to Texas OU, come on. Just go to SendTextTickets.com. You don't have to drive anywhere. You can literally just pull out your phone, open up your computer, just open up another tab. If you're watching us on YouTube on your computer, type in SendTextTickets.com and get you tickets to every Longhorn game all season long, plus concert tickets, Broadway show tickets, ACL Music Festival. That's this weekend, too. The next two weekends, ACL. Oh, that's right. Need your tickets. They got them for you. SendTextTickets.com. Shout out to them, and shout out to Jack Allen's Kitchen as well. If you're looking for a fantastic dining experience, go to one of the five Austin area Jack Allen's Kitchen locations. It's comfort cooking, but it's taken to a whole nother level great service tvs everywhere full bar but the food man that's why i keep going back shout out to jack allen's kitchen we uh love having them on board by the way shout out to uh uh our good friends over there at the moonshine patio bar and grill my son of course listens to our station and has said we keep talking about the moonshine and talking about their uh their sunday brunch he went yesterday he said it was unbelievable dad he said they hadn't been there in a long, long time. And he said, but he, he listens to us in the morning. He listens throughout the day. And he said it was on par with anything that he's ever been to ever, whether it's dinner, whether it's a snack, whether it's breakfast. He said, but their brunch was magnificent yesterday. So love the folks over there, of course. And Sue Patrick and Jay Williams since 1975. They've got tons of Texas-themed gifts over there for you, a wide variety of men's and women's clothing, of course. They offer free shipping. Online uh, orders over $49 and free curbside pickup, as well as tons of parking out there. They're located at 5222 Burnett Road. For more information, go to SuePatrick.com. And, of course, uh, Derek Johnson said he saw saw me with that Sue Patrick polo, that golf polo, said, with the little horn, said, how do we get those? I think your dad's looking to get those. I got to go over there yeah. and try to pick up some of those for your folks and stuff. But when Derek Johnson's saying – that is quite the golf shirt that you got on right there. We got to get those. But thanks to the folks. Thank you to Sue Patrick and Jay Willems over there. And go check them out. All you have to do is go to suepatrick.com for more information. Absolutely. All right. Let's hear one more from Steve Sarkeesian, who, of course, will meet with the media a little bit later today, talking all things Texas OU. But I think it was Chip who, after the game on Saturday, asked Sark a question about Oklahoma, right? Most of the questions were about the game against Kansas and the nice win that the Longhorns were able to pull off on Saturday. But Chip threw in just a, hey, early thoughts on this Oklahoma team. And here was Coach Sark from Saturday. Uh, as far as OU, hey, we, we, hey, it's a good football team. Uh, they've uh, off, obviously off to a great start. I'm not sure how they did today or when they play, but uh, they're a really good team. Uh, they got quality players. they got good coaches. We know it's going to be a heck of an environment for college football, and it should be, um, should be a, a spotlight uh, on that game and all of college football next Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. So we're looking forward to it. We know uh, it's going to take a, a real week of preparation, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally uh, to put ourselves in position to perform next Saturday. There you go. Good start. Yep. Rivalry games, man, they're different. You throw the records out the window, you throw the stats out the window. It doesn't matter. We've we've been on the other end of this a couple of times where we're the underdog and it feels like we're probably not going to win, but, uh, you know, Texas showed up and showed out and pulled off some upsets. That's what Oklahoma is thinking. Now, 
Oklahoma's pretty damn good. They're number 12 in the country. They're 5-0. and But Texas is favored. I think most people expect Texas to win this game. But don't just assume. Oh, no. Don't just assume in this one. Anything can happen in Dallas. Obviously, Texas is not overlooking Oklahoma. Uh, and they've got a bye after this game. So they wouldn't regardless. But there's really nothing to overlook Oklahoma for. Uh, they'll be ready, but you know Oklahoma's going to be ready too. It's going to be a fun week, and I just cannot wait for Saturday, man. Yeah, just another bump in the road to a championship. That's what this is. This is not one – there's nothing to underestimate this team about. There's nothing to look at them and say, oh, they're weak here, they're weak there. No, it's a game that you have to play four quarters, and every series and every play will matter. And once again, don't be standing around the piles because this is when some guy hits you right square in the back of the head, and you don't know it's coming. You have to have your head on a swivel. That I have always – said that about this game. This game is played to the echo and past the echo of the whistle. So you've got to be careful. You've got to protect yourself, but you also got to protect your teammates. So don't take any shit from this group uh, come Saturday for sure. You've got to be in this game. You've got to be in it to win it for sure, BK. This is this will be a fun week coming up. Did you ever throw any punches in the tunnel? No, you know, the tunnel was it was probably one of the weirdest. My first year here was when I came down the tunnel and from the from the tunnel at the end, it was so weird. I must have had one of those amnesia attacks or whatever. I don't remember getting from the end of the tunnel to the sideline. I just ended up on the sideline, it seemed. I don't remember the run over to the sideline. It was just I was there. It's the weirdest deal. If you ask Keith Moreland about that walk down there and that, that run over to the sideline, it's the weirdest feeling ever. That was one of the great feelings. I've had two great feelings. No, I've had a lot of great feelings in football, but the miracle pass of Miami to Doug Flutie, touchdown throw and the first walk out of that tunnel in the in, in Texas OU was the you'll never forget that you'll never forget that feeling it's just it's something it's something special in sports so but sounds like you did forget it maybe I had another transient <laughs> gender maneuver there you or something you forgot it and then you said you'll never forget it I, I uh, think no, you I, mean, I, just, it. I just the part I don't remember is going from the sideline I'll never yeah. forget coming out of the locker room because you used to go down at the same time they went down yeah it was the dumbest thing, you know, for two teams. They're about to battle each other. And most of their players are from the state of Texas. So you're going down that tunnel and everybody's in close quarters. And it's just the weirdest thing. And they finally quit doing that, thank goodness. Especially yeah. with the Oklahoma fans dropping beer from the top of the tunnel onto your head and stuff. It's nuts. Those toothless heathens, man. Oh, great. It's a great scene. Great college atmosphere. Yes, indeed. And we'll be talking about it all week long on Bucky and BK. Coming up next – Chaos Theory with Rodney Rodriguez. No wags today. A little bit under the weather. So we've got Rodney going solo. I might stick around for a few minutes and uh, and kick it with Rodney a little bit. But we are out of time on the morning show. Buck, great job today. I will talk to hey, you tomorrow. Buddy. Tell Rodney, don't forget uh, the deal with Joe Gibbs tomorrow. He's Speaking of Joe yeah. Gibbs, said, yeah, Austin Ridge out there at the big church tomorrow. Joe Gibbs is quite a speaker, Rodney. He is fabulous. Uh, I have to tell you, Buck, one of the things that, that I'm so impressed with, with, with what, uh, I mean, the on-track stuff is one thing, you know, with Joe Gibbs and NASCAR, but he has had to deal with some of the most dynamic personalities in NASCAR, like Kyle Busch, for one. You know, you know that guy has a mind of his own, but Joe oh, Gibbs, yeah. such, and, and Denny Hamlin, I mean, he does such a great job of controlling those guys, and and. I mean, you hear uh, what what I love about Joe Gibbs, what I love about Joe Gibbs but before getting too spiritual or any of that stuff mm -hmm. is you watch him before every race and after every race, whether it's a win, a loss or whatever, he pulls those teams in and they're thanking God for getting to do what they do. 
and that's awesome. that's just the beauty of what he does, man. What that that is really cool. That is really cool to have him as a speaker. Oh, he'll be at a freebie. He'll be at Austin Ridge tomorrow night, and uh, get over there and listen to a, a dynamic speaker and, and a guy who knows. You talking about the positives of life? That's Joe Gibbs for sure. Rodney, yeah. have a good one, brother. All right, Bucky. Thank you, man.